listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Because Rod and Karen are hot. Like we always do with this time. The eyes go for mine. I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. I got a squad with a list of complainers. I should have started rape. Rappers against phony entertainers. So we can make it known that we won't be swayed. It's 91, son. But so something's got to change. Getting paid to pedal sneakers and soda pop. Pop, pop, pop. Pop goes the weasel as drawers drop. Drop, drop, drop. Why not take your top ten pop hit, fix the music, and make the senseless rhymes fit? Hey, welcome to the Black Out Tips podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we're back in the house on a Sunday afternoon before the Eagle game starts. Yes, we are. Yeah, so we don't know how long the show will be. Mm-mm. Because I need to see what that crowd's going to be like when Mike Vick walks up in there. Um, triumphantly. Yes. A lot richer. Yes. And, and even more successful than he was the last time when he scored a touchdown on him. Yes, sir. Um, so, look, we have a couple guests in here speaking of sports. Uh, you probably recognize the first voice because he's been on the show several times. Mm-hmm. You heard his podcast, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I mean... I keep telling you to listen to it, so I don't know why you wouldn't have by yes, now. Yes, and he's known for his infamous sweater vest. And for loco drinking. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He's also known for being a little bit ratchet. <laughs> people might people might remember him and Logan going back and forth on our podcast. Yes, yes. That one time. Um, yes, but she ain't Mike's woman, though. Remember Logan? No, right. Of course yeah, not. Yeah. Um, he also might be known for the occasional Swiss Sweet. Maybe. I don't know. These are just these are just rumors and, rumors and allegations. Yeah. Who knows if they're true or not? Dang. But there's only one man that confirm these can confirm these things, and that would be my man underscore Mav underscore Rick on Twitter. Doctor Rick, what up, man? What's good, family? What's good? Good to be back. It feels like home. That's what I'm talking about, man. It's and back. I'm just sitting here trying to uh, 
someone told me that Four Loco gets rid of hangover, so I'm drinking this orange right now to see if uh, see if that works. We'll see. I don't think so. Sorry to inform you. I think it might be hangover fuel. Yes. <laughs> Make it come quicker. Um, and of course, we have another guest. Um, and if you've been listening to Phil in the Lanes, you should also recognize his voice. Yes, you should. But in case you don't recognize his voice, it is the backup point guard. <laughs> On the, the bench. To the show. Yes. Comes over, comes off the bench, takes over occasionally. Yes. yes. He's a little bit more of a scorer. You know? Yes. You gotta let, you gotta let Jimmer cook. You gotta, yes. If you don't let Jimmer cook, then what's the point of having him as the point in the first place, right? Not a point. But it's my man, Nick underscore no heart on Twitter. Yes. Uh, you also might just know him as Nick or the white guy on, <laughs> that, on the show, Fill in the Lanes. Uh, and also a fellow Tebow advocate. What's up, Nick? <laughs> Greetings and salutations. That's what I'm talking about, Ooh, man. Ooh, big words. Yeah, he's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. And uh, I don't don't think I don't notice how whenever Rick wants to go to the for the white perspective, he always sets up Nick for the fail. <laughs> Every time. Like, so tell us why Brett Favre should be starting for the Vikings instead of McNabb. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, and and folks were like, "Yo, you look real bad on the last show. You were saying some stupid." Sometimes I take my ego out of it and just say stuff to get things, you know, controversy generated. And I know Nick, you know, being the good white guy that he is, he's gonna he's gonna come with a good white perspective, and uh, he's gonna illuminate all of these uh, misgivings that us um, us darker complected people might have about white people. So I appreciate him for that. <laughs> you know, it's ironic because. As the white guy, you think I'd be the lightest skinned dude on the show. <laughs> and, you know, it's not really the case. I'm like the third darkest gentleman on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very is, true. It's amazing. That's amazing, dude. That, like, plus, honestly, man, with all the content on the show, and uh, even as they're trying to clean up some of the, you know, some of the more uh, profane. Or racially insensitive remarks on oh, the show. Oh, not us. We would be the same. No, no, no. no. I'm keeping nigga and fuck in the no, show. No, no, we's not. I don't know shit. Yeah, I don't care who pays me. Mm-hmm. That shit stays. Yes, sir. But, um, but, 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 I like how even with all that, still, the show is is just authentic. Yes, it is. And it's, and it's funny as shit. And I don't think you could get a white person that didn't like black people to be on the show. I don't think it's possible. So. <laughs> Automatically, Nick got a cool card just from hanging out with y'all motherfuckers. Yeah. I was like, yeah, there's nobody would stand for this slander and, and yeah. walk. People would walk yeah, away. They, they look at his card. They're like, oh, you know what? Approved. Yes, you. Right. You too can come. <laughs> I do. I have I have good credit within the community, uh, both the white and the black community. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's the thing: you really couldn't be on the show if you have thin skin because everybody gets it. I get the fat jokes. You know, Tunji gets the African. You know, jokes and Nick gets the white jokes. Uh, Trill gets the the light skin, baby hair, like chili uh, across the top of his head jokes. And <laughs> I don't know what what is I don't know what Jay Hand what jokes we got on Jay. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, my bad. That <laughs> fellas, was, yeah. fellas, 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 yeah. So like we don't nobody takes it seriously. We all just have fun. And if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do it. Yo, that is the key element to the to the show is how much y'all can go in on each other without crossing that fine line of like, yo, man, I got to see this dude in the streets. Yeah. How much of y'all, because we all came from the same kind of background on the message board, SOHH, shout out to the Coliseum. Hey, what up? Um, 
Shout out to the ladies' room for me because I had to leave the Coliseum after a while. I was like, these niggas is ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like the eight, the eight thousand thread about Kobe. I'm like, yo, man, this is too much. I'm losing sleep at work, man. I need to be napping. But um, <laughs> the the thing is though, like you know, message boards are sort of ruthless anyway by nature. Yeah. How much of that do you think is what enables y'all to have that same chemistry on the show where you go in and there's no hard feelings taken from it? I'll let you go with that, Nick, first. Um, I, I how much of that influences us? I, I think that because we've all kind of sought each other out, whether it was, you know, trying to do stuff for TPF Sports or, or, or just socially, I, I think that automatically grants you like a little bit of equity when it comes to like busting each other's chops. Like if we didn't like each other, or we couldn't stand each other. I don't think we would do the show. You know what I mean? I, I so I think that that becomes the baseline and once everybody gets comfortable uh then you know you can kind of start getting on each other i mean if you listen to like some of the first shows except for the ones where there was like excessive drinking during um, (laughs) you know it seemed like we like eased up on each other a little bit and then you know once you get that kind of familiarity you know you start busting each other's chops and making fun of each other and also once you're talking to each other you know for a couple hours of a week, you know, for a couple of weeks, you start to figure out what you can actually make fun of each other for. So it kind of goes both ways, I think. Yes. What about you, Rick? What do you think? Well, you know what? I mean, this is just how me and my friends always grew up. So anybody that I call my friend is able to pick on me about anything. And I'm pretty much able to pick on them about anything. Now, there are lines you don't cross, like like Nick said. You don't talk about the mama. You don't talk about the wife. Girlfriends are okay. Fiancés are iffy. You don't talk about the wife. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, it's so it's like, in real life, I'm a very outspoken person. And the, the book on me is, you will either love me or you will hate my guts. There's really no in-between. Um, and it's because I've got a sarcastic sense of humor. Um, I don't have much of a filter. And that's just the way it is. So everybody on that podcast kind of fits that mold and I can vibe with any of them um, and so I think that's what gives us the dynamic and allows us to have fun plus we don't think we're smarter than the other person so it allows us to disagree with someone's opinion and respect it you know so that but that's just my my opinion of the whole take well you know I got uh, first of all I, I'm a big believer in your show uh from, from jump, man, because I, I like I always felt like, man, that shit. I remember those conversations that we would have about uh, rest in peace, TPFS sports, sir. You know, I, I remember us being like, yo, you know, let's just talk about the game of this. Let's just talk about this article that we read. Blah blah blah. We need to write a piece on this. We need to do that. And while that shit was mad fucking work, like I was, it was. Like, combined with our regular jobs, especially once I started being like, all right, I'm going to blog more, I'm going to do the podcast, it was impossible to keep up with. But the conversations were what made the shit dope. Like, it was, oh, shit, that's why we got a conference call, which, you know, no nigga in his right mind looks forward to conference calls, period. Oh, no. There's never a conference call. Like, there's never been a conference (laughs) call to get you some money or some shit. It's always some shit you don't want to do. But that conference call came. It's like, cool, we'll get to chill with the fellas for a couple hours and talk fucking 
No work got done on those conference calls, by the way. No agenda, <laughs> nothing on the agenda was addressed, but it was a hell of a conversation. It was. I don't know whose job it was to keep the minutes of that conference call. It was a massive failure. It was AT&T. AT&T or, or Sprint kept the minutes. Those are the only minutes being kept. Yes. We were, we, at the end of it, you just be like, yeah, man, so... Uh, we're supposed to take care of this. We're supposed to take care of that. All right, next week's meeting. Exactly. Guess, what we're, guess what we start at? We start at the beginning of the last week's meeting. No, we didn't do that shit. But the conversations were gold, and that's why I was like, yo, if y'all get the people that you're talking about involved, this shit is going to be popping. It's cool to see them having success on Podomatic, you know, consistently one of the, the top-rated uh, sports podcasts on there. Um, and just in general, man, just, you know, I, I try to spread the word as much as possible, man, because... It's not that much real sports talk like that out there, no, man. No, it's not. Like, so much of sports talk in general is just anger-fueled uh, entitlement from fans who yeah. are just fucking pissed at athletes. All the time. So it's cool to hear people bring four different intelligent perspectives and still remain uh, kind of humble. And humble by the way of, like, it's okay for me to go in on me and for you to go in on me. Because at the end of the day, we're just a couple motherfuckers talking about sports. Yeah. It should never get more serious than that. No, it shouldn't. And that's the thing, man. It's like, like even talking about it now kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, we're getting emails. Like, people are checking for the show. And that, like, blows my mind to hear people, like, saying that they really like the show and that it's this and it's that and it's this and it's that because... I mean, we went into it wanting people to listen, but I never thought that people actually would listen. I thought that somebody <laughs> might check it out, check it out, and be like, eh, whatever. I never thought anyone would be motivated to send an email or to follow on Twitter and interact and 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 I'm waiting for it, you know, waiting for the next episode. When's the next episode coming out? So it's extremely gratifying and. Like for real, I don't want to sound like Susan Lucci, but I'm humble as shit about this. Uh, 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 yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm sure you can relate because I saw somebody taking a picture in a diner wearing their black guy who tips T-shirt uh, yeah. and fire it out. I mean, that kind of shit. I mean, it blows your mind. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, I think it comes from a bunch of things, but I think it just comes, you know, on the baseline is chemistry. And I think, you know, when I listen to your guys' podcast, it sounds like. Obviously, you guys are friends, and whoever you come on, you have friends on. It just sounds like a bunch of people who are comfortable with each other, joking around, talking about things that happen in everyday life that you want to talk to people about. And I think that, you know, that's kind of what happened with us. And when we get an email or a tweet, it does like it, it, it kind of it does kind of blow my mind because, you know, I, I didn't think, especially with my voice, that anybody would ever want to listen to me. So to have them, you know, emailing or tweeting, whatever, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and I, I got a DM the other day. I won't say who it was from, but somebody said, Nick is my favorite white person ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I did. Hell yeah, Nick. <laughs> he is he is pretty awesome, man. Yes, he is yeah. pretty awesome. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm just some dude, man. I'm 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 lucky to be playing the uh, the minority on the show because they could have probably got any kind of character actor in there to just stand up yeah. for white people like every twenty minutes and 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 they had the got, same kind oh, of yeah. effect. They could have got Mel, yeah. We and thought about they, it. They, and they went with the they went with the authentic, uh, real white person. Went <laughs> right to the store. No imitation, no imitation. Oh hell, I'm glad I don't go on the boards no more. I'm gonna catch it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right, man. So obviously, y'all should be checking this shit out, man. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell y'all. 
I'm a big believer in the show. I don't know why other people wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's so fucking funny. Like, yes, it is. I, like, there's been times where I was glad I listened to this show when I was leaving work. Like, I was like, let me put this shit in around three o'clock. Because if I start laughing like this shit at like eight or nine, white people going to be looking at me. You know what I'm saying? So I, if I do that shit around three fifteen or so, it's not as bad because I can just walk out the door, put it in my car, and keep laughing, yo. Well, do it, don't, but don't feel bad because I messed around and I made that mistake, and before I knew it, I forgot that I was actually in my working environment, and I got a very heavy, hearty laugh if I really, really start laughing. Oh, I know. And then all of a sudden, people would like freeze by the printer. Hey, you, you okay over there? Is everything all right? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm yo, fine. I was at work and someone asked me for podcasts to listen to and I don't tell people at work. Oh, no. You know, I'm a regular person. I'm not like, I ain't, I ain't a boss at work. I can't just be like, yeah, I got a podcast. Fuck you. Anyway, I got no. shit to do. Like, so <laughs> oh. I basically was just like, oh, man, you should check out this and that. Trying to talk around podcasts. And then I was like, fuck, if I tell them fill in the lanes, yeah. that might lead back to me. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't feel bad because at my job, I listen to so much, so, so many different podcasts, and I'm laughing all day long. And um, people will come by and ask me, what are you listening to? And I'll say, a podcast. They'll be like, what are you listening to? And I'll repeat the same answer, a podcast. Because <laughs> everybody I listen to has some kind of connection to right. me. They give me a shout-out. They give you a shout-out. Right. They talk about our podcast in some way, shape, or fashion. Uh, I was like, no, I, I can't have you. One time I slipped up because I was listening to Where's My 40 Acres in the Elevator. And this white dude came in, was like, Rod, I always see you listening and laughing and stuff. What are you listening to? And I was like, oh, just different shows, you know, podcasts and stuff, radio shows. He's like, oh, really? Uh, well, what, what you listen to right now? And, it, you know, it, it's on your iPhone screen. Yeah. So I, I just looked at my shit. I was like, uh, where's my 40 acres? And that, ah. that white dude got pretty quiet. So maybe I'll just tell him that shit. Because he probably thought that's some kind of, like, Black Panther and Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they protesting. Back in 1972, we wanted our 40 acres. And damn it, we still ain't got it. Right. Coming up, coming up next on Where's My 40 Acres, how to beat the white man until he gives you reparations. Right. <laughs> the 20th viewing of roots. <laughs> um, but anyway, man, uh, y'all check them out, man. You can go search for the fill in the lane. You can search for it on Podomatic, which is where our shit is. Yes. So you should be able to find it easily. iTunes, which everybody uses. Yes. But maybe you don't want to save the memory on your phone, Karen. Maybe you're just too lazy. Maybe you forgot. Yep. So you're at work already. You're like, damn, I just got my smartphone. How can I listen? You can use the Stitcher Radio app. Yes, sir. It's That's free. what I use. Yeah, a lot of people use Stitcher Radio, and you can just catch up on shit on the fly. And join their Facebook group. Please I'm do. a member. My brother's a member. Uh, shout out to Terrence, he's a member. Um, mad people. <laughs> shout out to Terrence. We love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure, make sure you guys join their uh, Facebook group if you're listening right now. Do that shit, man. Show some support, man, and listen to this funny ass show. And, Cause this is the kind of shit that I don't want to go away, so Me I'm either. gonna fucking support it. Yep. Cause if the shit goes, then I'm gonna be like, damn, man, why wasn't nobody on this when I was on it? Cause we need to be up on it. That's right. Period. Um, uh, Rick might need you to set up some kind of direct deposit PayPal situation because <laughs> he's telling us he's like, I got bills now, fellas. You know, fifteen bucks a month is no big deal, but when it crosses into the thirty threshold, that's when people gotta start sending some money over. So, yeah, we gotta start. You gotta start putting them in. We we completely understand the, the bill thing. We oh, yeah. it two or three times and yeah, yeah. It, bec- yeah. it becomes a serious. Automatic thing. know what they're doing. Oh no yeah. doubt, no <laughs> doubt. They, they they've got a they've got a beautiful little thing. They promote you, so you use up your damn bandwidth. Yes. 
Yes. All right, so then you got to get more, and I'm like, okay, so I got to upgrade this shit again. You got me. Okay, this is a good one. You go look at your status, and, and it's like the good news, bad news, because you're like, oh, shit, we're in the red. That means people are listening. They, they fucking like our show. They're downloading it. They're streaming it. That's awesome. Oh, shit, we're in the red. That means we got to buy more bandwidth, more memory. Yeah, before we put out another episode, <laughs> people ain't going to get this shit. Yes. That was like, I, I downloaded it, and halfway through, it stopped. It's the perfect hustle, man. It's or, or you should have got up there early so you could have got the show and got your bandwidth because I ain't going to spend no more damn money, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had to do several things to keep the show going, man. Go back and compress uh, episodes oh, and yes. change the way that they Like, just all kinds of behind-the-scenes shit. But you're right. When you get that PayPal donation, it does make you feel like, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick this out because you guys are worth it and you guys give a fuck, so... Let's keep that going. Um, Alright. If you're listening to this show, then you should already know this, but maybe you stole an iPod. Maybe you found, iPad, some, iPod, maybe you found somebody's iPad. You know? An Android. Exactly. Somebody left it on the train. Now you're yeah. like, what the fuck am I listening to? It's the Black Out Tips podcast. And you can find us all sorts of ways. The easiest way probably being going to theblackouttips.com. Yes, it is. And you can do all kinds of shit there. You can vote in the polls. We put up a poll after every episode. Yes, we do. You can donate. I have a feeling the poll today will be something about Mayweather. I'm just guessing. Yes, yes. Um, And then, of course, you can also donate, like you said. You can uh, also go to the store, and you can take pictures and your shit and send them to us, because that does make me feel awesome. Yes. Seriously, we put Karen's car in the shop. We put her car in the shop. We had to get it towed. It wouldn't even start. And I was like, how much money is this going to cost? And the the problems of the world was hanging on the brother's heart all damn day. (laughs) And somebody sent me a picture in a Waffle House and a Blackout T-shirt. And I was like, praise (laughs) Tebow. Miracles can happen, dog. the best thing ever. I ain't guaranteeing you got some of the best service. And when we went went to the car shop, how much did it cost? Nothing. Free 99. Yes, sir. Because they had fucked up something. But still. The point being, <laughs> Tebow saves. That shit works. He ah, saves, ah. saves money. He saves plays on defenses and shit. All kinds of stuff, man. So thank you, uh, people that do that, man. Um, of course, you can find us on iTunes, yes. Facebook, join our group. We're at uh, 2225 right now. I like sure. that number. Somebody tried to drop out the group yesterday, but somebody hopped back on. That's right. But we'll keep Probably it right. the same person. Oh, shit, I hit a like. Let me hit that shit. <laughs> right. Oh, and of course... <laughs> Don't forget to go on Podomatic and Stitcher Radio also. Um, you can call the show when we do our live feedback show, 704-557-0186. And you can also call and leave voicemails throughout the week if something just is on your heart and you really need to let us know because you can't wake up at 10 in the morning on Saturday. Yes, sir. Um, you can email the show, theblackouttips at gmail.com. Uh, and we did the feedback show yesterday. We already got three or four emails. Wow. Yeah, most of them are about uh, discovering that SWV was a bunch of hoes. Uh, uh, they are. A bunch of people didn't know that till they read the lyrics. Once we read them on the show, they was like, God damn, these bitches was hoeing. Yeah. I, I had no idea SWV was fucking like so this. So I guess downtown wasn't the downtown of your city. No, it definitely was not the bus downtown. No. Um, and, of course, the official weapon of the show is... The Taser. And the unofficial sport... Is Bullet Ball. And Bullet Ball Extreme. Yes, sir. And we are sponsored today. Woo-hoo! My favorite fucking kind of show. Yes. The show I know I'm getting some money for. Yes. You know? And actually, I already got money for it. Because our sponsor pays in advance, which is the best kind of sponsor. I don't yes. like working I love, on credit. I love Shadow Dog. He is straight cash, homie. Yeah. <laughs> so this podcast is sponsored by Shadow Dog Productions. Uh, they're trying to ramp up the, excite- the excitement for the premiere of their new comedy feature film, 
which was filmed live on location in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes. Shout out to the Hornets. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> Dirt Cheap Therapy. Uh, it's going to be in Charlotte, the premiere. It's going to be on October 8th. And it's going to be in Raleigh on October 9th. And they would like you to check it out. They got two new videos on YouTube. Go check those videos out. I have links to them on our page already. Go to theblackoutist.com. Click on there. Support our sponsors. Uh, the first is a blooper reel for their star Alexa Yeans. Where she fucked up. That is actually in the copy. Not That is not what I've said. Uh-oh. She fucked up. And then they had a bunch of outtakes of that. You know, like they have the end of good comedy cool. movies and shit. And the second is a behind-the-scenes look at the filming of the movie. So check them out, comment on them, and like them. You know, go to YouTube, say you like them, click on that plus heart button. It matters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit makes us look good as a podcast. Mm-hmm. So they know that our fan base is willing to like take five seconds out of their fucking life and click on something. Even if you don't donate, even if you don't ever give me a cent, yeah. the least you, you can, can do, do is go to YouTube and click on there and say, I like this shit. Even if you don't like it. Just do yeah. it. It's like the five star reviews that we read. Yes. I don't give a fuck if the review says fuck you, Rod and Karen. Give me five stars and we'll discuss. And we will. <laughs> you know? That's all I care about. So do the same shit with this YouTube vid. Go like it and then, you know, try to leave something nice in the comments. But if you don't, at least you like the vid and they can say, look, our shit is generating responses. That's right. So do that shit. Enough. Let's get into some podcasting. Let's do this, son. First thing I want to talk to you guys about, um, and I'll ask Pretty Ricky first. Thank Pretty you. Ricky, what they call him. Pretty Ricky Fontaine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, did y'all see the Mayweather fight? Hell yeah, I saw that bastard ass fight. I was so <laughs> mad. Oh my god. Oh, anyway, continue with your continue with your question. That's all you asked me. Nick, Nick, did you see it? I'm gonna be honest. I did not pay money to go see that fight uh, or to watch it on TV or anything like that. I couldn't be happier about it. But I've I've since seen some pirated uh, version of it. That that works for me, dog. I. Uh, I don't know if you heard of my stance, but my stance is I'm not watching another... I'm not paying for well, another boxing match, match until just, it's Pacquiao Mayweather. No, oh, you know how I feel about that. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not spending this money, and it's not what I want to see. Yeah, fuck everything else. Everything else, period. I don't give a fuck what match you try to set up and how many 24-7 episodes you have. Fuck you. I, I know from the beginning... I know from the beginning that either Pacquiao or Mayweather's going to win unless they fight each other. So fuck you. Stop tricking me, HBO. But anyway... Some people had to pay for it. Some people went to bars to pay cover charges wow. to be ripped off later. The bar, the bar scene was crazy yesterday. Like I, I tweeted it out. Like there were some distinct racial lines being drawn in that bar because you had the Mexicans, you had the black people, and then you had the uncomfortable white people. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, I swear at the table next to me, because after it gets packed, you know. Folks get there late and there's no place to sit. So they're like, you know, if you're a pretty lady, you can try to sit with some dudes. And that usually works well. It was a, a younger white couple. And they were sitting there. They're waiting for the fight. And all of a sudden, these two big black dudes come up. And they're sharing their little tabletop with them, right? And so before you know it, they're like eating chicken wings. The black dudes are eating chicken wings and throwing the bones down or whatever, whatever. Being real nice about it. But I'm like... Man, I bet when they sat down, they never thought that they'd be sharing this table with some black dudes eating chicken wings. And you know what? <laughs> After the second fight, they were like, you know what? We don't think we want to see this anyway. You guys can have our seats. And they bounced. I swear to God, they bounced. I was crying. 
so so alright. You guys uh you actually before we go on, that reminds me of a time that Karen and I we went to was it Joe's Crab Shack? I think it was Joe's Crab Shack. Yes. And we, we it was like our first time ever going there. Yeah. You know, I didn't know shit about it. I don't even know if I've ever been back. But we went in there and um it was during the finals when Jordan had the flu. It was the flu game. Yes. And you know, in hindsight now everybody's like, yo, Everybody loved Jordan. He was the greatest. Mm-hmm. And you won't find anybody that will say, like, I openly rooted against Jordan during his playing days. At least, not for the most part. And definitely not in the mainstream media, you okay. know. But, that fucking bar got racially divided quick as shit. Like, it got so uncomfortable because it was only, like, us and one more black table in there. And uh-huh. then a table full of white people rooting for the jazz. Like, I don't even know if I had met a jazz fan before we walked Me in that either. fucking bar that night. I didn't night. know that existed other than in Utah. Yeah, and it was one of the greatest performances of all time. Of course I was talking shit. Of course, uh, motherfucker. Uh, he went to Carolina for one. Two, he has the flu and he's getting 40 on your ass. And we're never going to see anything like this again. Never. So, I, like, of course I'm like, oh, shit. But every time I said something, like, even any exclamation, I had to look over like, oh, shit. That's why I should sit down. And you could just see sit down in the eyes of all the white people in there, dude. It got so racially uncomfortable, completely unexpected. Good, really good uh, stuffed mushrooms, though. Really good. Excellent. Stuff. They were really good. Um. Anyway, so y'all watched the fight or saw the knockout. What do you guys think about the knockout? Because the knockout, uh, some people are saying it was cheap. Some people are saying, hey, guard yourself, guard yourself at all times. But basically what happened was there was a headbutt. Then uh, the ref kind of like broke it up. You know how refs do. They hugged it out. They tapped gloves one time. And Floyd went to boxing. And Ortiz was still talking to the ref. Why the fuck would you? After you tap, isn't that time to start the fight? Why are you running your mouth? I don't know. Even after he got hit the first time, he still was kind of talking. Well, that's what he did. And then he got knocked out on the second punch. Now, um, Rick, you saw it live, so I'll start with you. What did you think, man? I thought it was bitch made, <laughs> truthfully. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I literally, like, the the ref did his little, you know, pointing to all the judges, one point, one point, take it away, take it away. And I looked down, I don't know if I looked to tie my shoe or if I looked at the phone, and all of a sudden I heard everybody going, ah, and the fight's over. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell happened? And then, and I swear to God, literally, that's what happened. So when they showed the replay, like, that was some bitch shit by Floyd. And I know you got to keep your hands up and you got to keep your guard at all time. But, dude, I hadn't even backed away from that hug. How are you going to hit me <laughs> up my step back? And so the first hit, he was like, <laughs> he looked at the ref like, did you see this shit? And then the next one was like, I don't see nothing. I'm out. Like, that was crazy. That was, I can't believe Mayweather could be more loathsome than he is than he was already but that was that was really bitch made seriously I, I honestly um the jury's still out for me i really don't know how to feel about it what about you nick what do you think bitch made <laughs> i mean bitch made is strong I, floyd is becoming like that wwf or wwe wrestler who just steals the championship belt all the time like gets himself counted out or like hits the guy with brass knuckles or like the chair when the ref isn't looking or like like it's just outrageous I, and I was I mean I've watched it now probably like 50 times and every time I'm just like this dude really 
as the guy is backing up from the hug, strokes him once, and when he doesn't go down, comes back with the right hand and drops him, and then runs to the corner celebrating like, yeah, I got him, I got him. <laughs> I know, like, the asshole in me is like, yo, that is so true. Why hasn't anyone done that before? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I hate that shit. Like, in the boxing match when they they touch gloves and then the dude starts complaining to the ref while the other dude's actually supposed to be boxing him. Mm-hmm. I've never understood, like, the gentleman agreement between both parties of, like, hey, don't swing at me when I'm talking to the ref. Like, stop bitching and fight, man. That's right. But by the same token, especially in slow-mo, it does look like a, such a cheap skill to, to just hit that dude. He's not even fucking looking at you. Oh. And you're hitting him. And that's especially after the first one, because in slow-mo, there's even more time between the punches. He clearly is turning to the ref like, what the fuck is he doing? Oh, good night. <laughs> but, but how about how about Larry Merchant said that I'd kick your ass if I was 50 years younger, though? Like, there was so much wrong and hilarious with that fight. That, I mean, seriously, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, I don't think I've laughed at anything uh, outside the, or inside the ring that wasn't a fight like that since... Um, the Mayweather, Sister um, Merchant, uh, Lennox Lewis interview, where he told him basically like you're losing, you lost that fight, but then you got lucky, he got cut, and they had to stop it. And, and Lennox like, I, I really think I was winning the fight, Larry. He's like, Nah, nah, you was getting your ass whooped, son. <laughs> like that, that shit was epic. And uh, of course, and the, the one where my man said boxing is bullshit. Yeah, the dykes get to do with them shorts. Yeah, yeah. the Italian uh, Magli- Magliano or yeah, something like that. Was that was dope. And then of course. The R. Kelly National Anthem with oh, instrumental, that's one. instrumental accompaniment and dancers. Yeah, B- Buddha Shaker and Boxing Gloves? Yeah, but I really it think... It don't get no better than that. I really think Merchant Mayweather has surpassed the comedy level in the ring. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Nothing is close. Because he told that dude, you ain't shit. You, you should ain't be shit, fucking. Larry. You ain't <laughs> shit. I'll fuck you up, Larry. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, how how you gonna talk to an old man like that, though? It's like, give me this microphone. You've been disrespecting me. You don't know shit about boxing. You don't do shit, Larry. I'm like, come on, man. That's disrespectful. But you know what? On, 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 for Larry's, for Larry's props, Larry said, I'd kick your ass. Now, he was lying. Larry got his ass whooped 50 years ago, 500 years ago in Africa. 300 years from now. Like, exactly. Africa, on Mars, wherever you want to have it, but I give him props for saying that. Yo, he had to say it. He had to say it. Like, that's the thing. You can't, like, if a man says you ain't shit, you need to be fired (laughs) from the living at your job on national TV. You don't have a fucking choice but to say I will kick your ass. It doesn't matter if it's a lie or not. Exactly. He can't. Look, I went and sought you out for an interview, and then you gonna tell me I ain't shit? Oh, hell no. I got my grandbabies watching, baby. Come on. That shit can happen <laughs> at McDonald's, and you gotta fight that nigga. Exactly. It doesn't matter. That yes. shit. Oh, God. I'm glad they wouldn't at McDonald's. He might have hit it with a fry basket. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it reminds me of, and I don't know if you guys remember any of these. I'm sure everybody remembers it because it happened, but Richard Grant fought a guy named uh, Butler. I think his name was James Butler. He was called the Harlem Hammer. He was like a New York City boxer. was like an up-and-comer. And basically, after the fight, there was there was a whole issue, and then after the fight, they went in to hug, and Butler stroked this dude with a taste fist, no glove. 
<laughs> and Damn. dropped him and cracked his jaw in like nine places. It was November 2001. It was like a it was it was like a September 11th like benefit fight. Like the money was going towards it, and he just throws Shit. this this vicious haymaker after the fight and just dropped him on the floor, and they arrested him. Damn. Because you know, it was brother. assault. Because the fight was over. You know, brother, that's a that's a misnomer because he wasn't really from Harlem. I used to train with him when he was in BK. So uh, I just want to let you know. Shout out to BK. Uh, I used to train with him. Uh, so I just want to let you know that you know back back in the day I used to train with him and actually I trained with Ali back when a lot little known fact Ali was from uh, BK too. You know, Park Slope. You know, he wasn't a bedside cat like me, but he was. You know, he's from BK. Shout out to BK. Shout out to Chee. Oh, <laughs> I can't move on with the show, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, oh, but yeah, man. Oh, that, uh, that, uh, oh, I gotta get Chee on the show at some point, too, man. I think I got Chee and Jay Hen, and then I will add everybody on the show. I gotta get yeah, them next. Let's do that. But, um, yes, uh, 100%, dude. That, 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 that was one of the cheap shots of all time. But I just felt kind of bad, though, because I'm like, yo, what the fuck was Larry Merchant supposed to do? Because some people were like, he's unprofessional. I don't, there's a time for professionalism and there's a time for, motherfucker, you at my job. That's yep. right. You can't act crazy at my fucking job. I'm that sorry. Especially if I owe you money, you can't show your ass. And he's an old man, so I'm not 100% sure that Floyd could be him. Because old man strength is real shit. Yes, it you is. You won't believe they it until it's on your ass. ass. Ask Bob Gibson. Ask about it. <laughs> the shit, when it's on you, then you know. You're like, oh, this is a different level of strength than what I'm yes. used to. Because you have more. They're like, fuck you, I'm going to die. Yeah, and if we old, both go, literally, who cares? Literally, an old man will bite your balls. Honest to God. Because <laughs> they, they have no fucking code. Like, they just, the only like code you, they have is not losing to your young ass. That's period. right. We got codes and shit. Like, I fight a dude, I try to keep my fist up. I go for the head and the body and shit. Man, them old men probably start at the nuts and work their way around to more senses. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> it's like it's like an older brother fighting his younger brother. Like, I got two younger brothers, and now they're both bigger than me. And I'm, I always say, I'm like, listen, if we scrap, you know, I'm not losing. It's, it's, it's win or die because I can't lose a fight to my younger brother. There's there's too much at stake for uh, older brothers everywhere. You know what I mean? Like there's a hierarchy. Like I'll throw the smoke in your face like Yokozuna. I'm gonna spit. <laughs> like I'll spit venom at your face like something out of Mortal Kombat, and then I'm gonna attack you. I'm gonna like throw throw like the two rocks with the string attached to them and trip you. Like and then like get on top of you and beat you down. Like I can't. I can't lose, man. It's just too much, too much for my people, older brothers. <laughs> yes, man. I'm an older brother too, man. The last fight I got into with my brother, I beat the shit out of him because I knew the next fight he would win. And he was, a, <laughs> he was on a basketball team. He was lifting weights, and getting tall and shit. I was like, yo, let me whoop this nigga's ass today, so I never <laughs> had to do it again. We ain't fought six. Go ahead. Hey, speaking of which, I still owe my brother about three or four ass whoopers. I'm just waiting for the time. Just waiting for the time. Wait for them. <laughs> waiting for them knees to go completely bad, so I can give him the ass whooping of his life. <laughs> <laughs> like the last time my brother got hype on me, man, I was so fucking like, uh, was it conciliatory? I was like, no, nah, man, I can see it your way too, man. I mean, shit, I ain't, I ain't always got to be right. Maybe the blueprint isn't the classic. It's just saying shit to make me mad. Like he wanted me to just, like he just trying to find the line where I would fight him. I'm like, no, man, I, I'm not taking this ass whooping so you can feel better about yourself. <laughs> 
Um, alright, man. So, I had some random thoughts. First one on Twitter today, uh, I, I wasn't following him, but I saw that Alec Baldwin shut down Black Twitter because he said the song Niggas in Paris is a great song. Shout out to Jay Z and Kanye. <gasps> what? And he said, Nick, he spelled it out. Niggas. Not like no apostrophes, no, no, none of that. And a lot of people on Twitter got mad at him. Why? Why? Um, because because people said, on Twitter want to get pissed about shit. They want to get fired up. This is like internet trolling. That's a great point, actually. That that's okay. So yes, they want to get mad. That's number one. Two, he's a white man, and he used the N word, Karen. The so, N word in front of everybody. So and, and, my, and, my, and this is my thing. He likes the song. That's the fucking name of the song. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. I, I like would have been except like I would have thought it was funny, but it would have been weird if he would said. That song, N Words in Paris, is a really good song. Like, what? That's, that's not, not the name listen, of the fucking he didn't, song. He didn't say, yo, that nigga Kanye really went in on that song, Niggas in Paris. <laughs> okay? Let's be real. And you know what? He will always get props from me because he responded that Herb simp ass, I respect females. Yeah. On one of his things, on one of his little rants. And he's like, I think you laid it on a little thick, bro. Like, Alec Baldwin, of all people, is telling some dude to chill with the simpery. Nah, he gets a pass for that from me. Yes. Yes. And one of the reasons that you have to give him a pass, in addition to what my man Rick just said, because when we went on the Consumption Junction podcast... Yes, he was in the racial draft. It was all about race trades. We were trading people from black to white. And from white to black. One of the people we got was Alec Baldwin. He is black now. Yo, that's a big pull for you guys. Yes, yes, yes. Now, we lost some... What do you mean, you guys? I mean, for black... <laughs> like we, us guys lost him, apparently, and you guys picked him up. That's huge. Yeah, it was big. It was I, I, it was it was real big. And, and we took the whitest of the whitest. We yeah. took um, the dude from CNN, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, we got oh, Anderson oh, Cooper. Oh, man. Oh, Blue yeah. Eyes. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, we lost we lost some people, man. We like we lost Chris Weber. Yes, we who lost. I think is much cooler as a retired player than he was when he was playing. Me too. And that that one hurt a little bit as an NBA fan because he's the only dude that can go on inside the NBA and not fuck it up. That's true. And I, I miss like that kind of smoothness doesn't grow on trees. Plus, when he confronted the uh, Rockets GM on that Darko Milicic comparison, yeah, that was beautiful. And he's like, "Nah, nigga, we not." We're not comparing me to Darko. Young TV. Yeah, that just just happened. That just just happened. He corrected my dude so smooth. It was so beautiful. But at the same time, it was stern. Like, let's never talk about this again. And it was never brought up again. But, uh, yeah, so I think it's okay for him to say it. So fuck it, man. Plus, I mean, it's not like he was just going around nigga, nigga, nigga. He just said it. It's yeah. title to a song, man. And that's my whole point. Don't be so uptight, man. Well, um, listen, we can't lie and say that it's not funny to have be around our favorite white person and hear, hear them singing singing a song loud as hell and then they get like mute they real get quiet. <laughs> real quiet when that word nigga comes up then the volume comes right back up they turn into Marley Madsen all of a sudden you know what I'm saying <laughs> but that, that's how I can tell the cool ones though you know what I'm saying like I don't know if I would hang out with a white person that was just thug with it like that. Like I would, like they, we at least need to have like some type of head nod or some type of agreement. Like we can't just be throwing it out there like I'm not even in the room. I need at least a little bit of like, yeah, man. So uh, I won't be saying nigga during this jig of my nigga song. Is that gonna work? And I'll be like, yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you know, 
Yeah, go ahead. And no, no, it's a, uh, listen, it's an interesting point because Jay Billis gets a ton of love for Jeezy lyrics. Now, it's not like yeah. he's dropping, you know, N-word, 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 but I'm just saying, you know, people love that shit. People follow him and retweet it. He doesn't follow a soul on the planet. Like, yeah. he's Moses leading the people. He doesn't follow anybody. <laughs> Everybody follows him. And, you know, people love the fact that he loves Jeezy. Now, Alec Baldwin likes... Watch the Throne, like a song from Watch the Throne, that to me is arguably a bigger deal. And and people got pissed about it. And that sucks. I mean, shouldn't we just be pumped that he likes that song? Like, that shit cray. Like, shouldn't we just be up on it? Shouldn't we be excited for it? Yo, half the people, half the people on my timeline seem to be cool with it. Another half seem to be mad, but. And my thing, do any of these people watch fucking 30 Rock? Come on. I don't know. That's a great show. You know what's funny to me, too, man? It's 2011. And the myth that keeps being perpetuated by even educated black people is that like if you say the n-word around me i will fuck you up no i won't no i'm gonna be real with you i just won't kick it with you anymore that's it the extent of it is we probably won't have as good a relationship as we had before but that's about it like people act like it's gonna go back to 1960s watts up in this bitch and we gonna burn shit down like no no. it ain't that i'm safe because i'm afraid of the police and i know they will arrest me for beating your white ass so i completely (laughs) understand that i am safe i just know that you know unless we are already cool or it's already mutual understanding you know i can't kick it there's not too much shit i'm gonna fight for that i wouldn't be proud to say in court you know what i'm saying like I, and one of the things I'm not saying in court is, well, I saw him use the N word, so I had to be the like, No, no, that's a good that, rule yeah. of thumb. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I whoop your ass, it's gonna be something worth yeah. your ass. Oh, he was trying to break in my house. Cool, I'll, I'll fight on that yeah. one. Or, no. or let's be real, you might get your ass whooped. There's always yeah. that possibility. Yeah. So you know, let's not let's not act like that. Your favorite uh, white person might not go to the trunk and get the Japanese sword. Whoa, chill. There you but, go. Um, but yeah. yo, it's on some real shit though. You might get your ass whooped too. That's another thing people never talk about because people really act like that the amount of anger determines who wins the fucking fight. No, <laughs> I've bad. seen way too many fights where it's just like, yo, man, you got your ass whooped for nothing. Yes, you don't know who to do to know the Taekwondo and all this other type shit. Yeah, especially because like in your life as a people, we're training in secret now. Like we meet up. At like like two, three, four hundred at a time in these gyms in like Jersey and like Schenectady and like all over the Midwest and like all of Ohio basically. Like every state near Ohio goes to Ohio. And we have these gyms where dudes just like are CEOs but they like to like roll around with each other and train MMA and everybody thinks MMA is a new sport but it's not it's like a, it's a, it's it's like the re-revolution like the anti-revolution that's where white people are just in secret training and I've seen I've been at a bar and seen dudes that are you know 5'8 167 pounds just drop guys that have 40 pounds on them you know what i mean because the dispute because you don't know that this guy literally is fighting other humans for like 12 hours a week on his his side job like after work or or on the weekend like where i'm like kicked feet up a little bit hungover eating wings and this dude is like sweating 30 pounds off and punching other humans in the face like i agree and that's and that's what they're doing like you got to be careful man and listen anybody that's grown up in any kind of scenario has like where white people and black people are around each other especially through youth i will say the ages of like 12 to like 20 has seen the scenario come up where one white guy 
gets a little too comfortable and and says something along the lines of oh like oh my nigga over here and all of a sudden you know everybody stops and everybody stops because you know maybe you have two friends that give you the pass but there's people there that are not okay with it and at that point all even you and your friends who gave you the pass are now outnumbered Yo, like, first of I, all, people, let me tell... I, people get fought. I see people get really beat up. So, Yo, let I'm me good. tell all my white people out there, if you have black friends that are completely comfortable with you saying the N-word, yo, that shit is a setup. Run. They will not, those ain't your real friends, dog. They are setting your ass up because one day you're going to slip up trap. in public and then they're going to act like that. they didn't even know no, you did that, dog. Right. I promise. I've seen it. I have seen it happen. I will, I, I will never forget the first time I saw it at a basketball camp and this kid dropped it with like 50 people around. And let me just say that the group was not that gentrified. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, of of the of the amount of people, the 50 kids there, there was probably only like six or seven of us white kids. And I can't moonwalk, but I did it. I was like, oh, mm. <laughs> you call, did you call Melo Anthony about oh, it? I didn't even call Melo Anthony on it. I, I like straight up turned and ran like I was Darrell Revis <laughs> trying to catch up on a Hail Mary. I was on. I was like, I do not need any overflow. I don't know any violence spilling over the tub on this one. Because he looked around like he had a friend. His friends were gone. And there was, there was only the three biggest kids there that were all of African-American descent. And they were not pleased. And it was one of those, it was one of those, like, everyone's joking around and he said it. And then it was like, wait, what? And Beatles skipped. It was like... That's gotta be the loneliest feeling. Oh, I, I gotta say, he, he was the loneliest person I ever saw in my life, and he got lumped up pretty good. And I was 12, and most of these kids were like 14 and 15. And I, I didn't even run and get a coach. I was just like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I can't even be associated with this. I had to go home. I like ran all the way back to like my, you know, my bunk. And was just like, didn't even do anything. No, I, yo, I he was scared with my life. Cause people started looking around. People started looking around at me like I was gonna, I was like okay with it. Cosign, that's right. Yeah, like I was gonna cosign it. And I was like, no, man, no. I'm yeah. out of here. I went back. I was reading Slam magazine. I was trying to get like more in touch. <laughs> it was an old jet. I was flipping through it. It was some of the, some of the, I was like, yo, I'm here. Have you seen the new Jordans? <laughs> oh, Rick, would you gonna say something, man? No, I'm just saying, when he said that, you, it had to look like one of those Spike Lee movies where the guy's just the single guy and everything's moving around him, but the camera's staying the same. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it had to, he had to be like. <laughs> Nick floated up there. out of there. Exactly. Oh, oh, oh man. my man that said it. You saying he was floating? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, where, is there, where, where are all my friends? This is surreal. Oh, it was that's, bad. It was bad. That's one of those fish eye lens moments. Like, <laughs> but yo, and the thing is, first of all, I've talked about this on the show. I 100% believe Nick about that Cobra Kai dojo shit, man. Because oh yeah. If you look at these fucking MMA fighters, they don't look like fighters, at dude. All. Like you got Brock Lesnar, and then you got you know the lower weight classes. But then every like every third fighter is a Bob from a county. Of course, and Bob from a county is balding. Mm-hmm. He's not really that clean shaven. No, he might looks have like a he's beer belly. Yeah, yes. he might have a beer belly. He might wear spectacles. Yes, he and might you have see, a knee brace. Right, and when you see him come in the ring with his knee brace. And his basketball shorts, and maybe a cutoff tee or some shit. Part of you thinks I could whoop this motherfucker's ass. Look at him. 
And then you watch him break somebody's trained. fucking fibula, and you go, oh, that is right. He's an <laughs> MMA fighter. I don't fight regular people at the gym no more. No, because them you- and the fucking little ass dudes that box. Fuck no. that. I'm not. I can't live down that embarrassment of getting beat mm-hmm. up by the 45 year old middle aged white dude or the 125 pound lightweight dude that knocked my ass out. I can't go back to the Y after that, dog. No, it's not a good look, and they're everywhere. And you see some of these dudes, and you're just like, oh my god. You, you could easily kill me. You could easily kill me. And I could lift you up over my head with both hands. And I would still not stand a chance. Like, nah, I'm not, I have no interest in it, man. And these dudes, and, and it's not, it's not just the fact that they're, they, they look like they don't fight. It's, you pick these people up, like, a lot of boxers, there's like a, there's like a background that a lot of boxers come from. And it's one end of the spectrum or the other. They're either like rich and they kind of came up in it through money or they didn't. And they've been like boxing down at like Grady's gym and stuff like that. But these, these fighters, it's, it's like they were like, I want to box, but I want to do it with no rules. Like these yeah, people are exactly. insane. Yeah. Like yeah. boxing is cool, <laughs> but I really want to be able to like use my knees. Like that is insane to me. So I have no interest. I have no interest in fighting those people. I like, I'm more scared of small people now than I am of bigger people than me. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they, they have that, I want to hit you in the eye with my elbow. Yeah, oh, chances, are, chances are a big dude ain't never really thought about getting in the gym and training. No. Little dudes, I know no regular little dudes that be like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm always on edge. I always want to fight. So, no, I'm not fighting them no more, man. Look I, here, I man. can't live Look it here. down. Look here, I haven't been hitting my face in decades, all right? right. <laughs> decades. I'm not trying to have it again. That's, that's one experience, kind of like puberty, that I don't ever want to relive. Ever, ever again in life. Okay? So y'all can have all of it. It's something about seeing stars that is not cool. So I was, uh, this is a quick random thought, but I was in the elevator the other day, mm-hmm. um, getting up, going from like the second to the fourth floor or some shit, you know, not even a long ride. But I hopped in and it was empty, but it clearly smelled like flatulence in there. Someone Aww. had just farted in the elevator, and I hate being hot box like that. That is the worst. Ah, ah, Especially ah. because then my mind immediately goes to, well, I hope when I get off this motherfucker, nobody else is getting in, because then they're going to think it's me, right? Yeah. So luckily I got off, nobody was there. But while, while I was going up, up to the, you know, in the elevator, I had an epiphany. I think we need to create a button for elevator farts that just clears the air out of the elevator and like get some fresh air in there just like a quick you know kind of like the hand the hand dryer in a bathroom yeah something like that but just you know just blow the air out of that motherfucker so i can get it refreshed man because i don't want to have to deal with that shit man and there's nobody that should be against this man what do you guys think hey if there was a febreze button that would help yeah that would help a ton but i'll be honest one of the one of the best most pleasurable guiltiest laughingest moments I ever had in my life was <laughs> was farting on the plane as it landed coming back from Cancun you know you've been in Cancun for a week you got the mud butt the Montezuma revenge you know you just want to get home and sit on your own toilet man I let one go and the whole plane was like wow and I giggled, I giggled my ass off so maybe I'm not the one to, to talk about this with See, I would have just opened up a window or something on that plane. We would have just had to die that day, dog. But <laughs> air pressure be damn, dog. We gotta, we gotta get this you shit up out of the mask. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm a pilot, we doing some emergency maneuvers real quick. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to lower this shit to like a thousand feet off the ground for just a quick second to get back in some air. Cause fuck that noise, yo. What I about gotta, you? I gotta say, I mean, 
the immature part of me, which is an enormous part of me, uh, is there any funnier, like, more childish, but, like, somewhat enjoyment feeling, or, like, that edge where you, and I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and use the term, where you smell a Vader somebody, and, <laughs> and you do it before, with nobody in there, and you're on, like, the 10th floor, the 15th floor, and you're going down, and you're like, and then it stops. It stops and someone's getting on and you're like, man, there is no way this person does not know that I just farted up this whole elevator. <laughs> and you just have to stand there and take it. Like, you'll, you're like, you like maybe check your phone, like, for like, no, you like emails you've already seen like 10 times. And by the time you get to the first floor, you're just like cracking up because you know, like, the fart is all over them. It's like in their sweatshirt. It's like all in their hair. There's nothing they can do about it. You're like in tears. I mean that's a that, that's like a that's a that's a priceless moment. You, you can't put a tag on it. Now, yes, I do wish when it was somebody else's fart that I stepped into, there was a button to like evacuate the smell. But you know, when it's me, I kind of enjoy it, and that's disgusting. But that's, that's one of my personalities. So you want a you want an elevator fart button override switch? Yeah, I mean, yes. you can turn it, you can turn it off. <laughs> I want to be able to reach out there and cancel it. Right, like, no, you live you're with gonna, this. Drink it in. Yes, drink, drink it in. This is my essence. This is um, do. Yo, man, and all, now Rick, you might relate to this. I know uh, Karen, you might, but Nick is a little bit younger than us, so maybe he hasn't gone through this yet. But don't you hate when you're talking to a young person and they remind you how old you are because some shit that you think isn't that old is ancient to them? Of course. Like I'll be like, yeah, man, because I remember when the blueprint came out. They're like. Yeah, like way back when the blueprint came out. Yeah, that was oh god, man. I think I must have been in like fifth grade or something. Like, dude, damn, I'm old. You just described eighty five percent of my Twitter existence. Like <laughs> you just when people our podcast about, also. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, when people were talking about they were in like sixth grade when nine eleven happened, I'm like sixth grade, dude. I was like, I was twenty eight. What the hell is going on? Why am I even talking? Why am I following you? I'm right. really bad. I feel like old boy from To Catch a Predator is going to be coming, knocking on my door <laughs> like, yo, we need to have a seat. We need to, you've got some suspicious follows here. But yeah, I, I can't stand it. I hate feeling old. I hate it. Or when you talk to people about the O.J. Simpson trial or when you talk to people about the uh, riots they had in L.A. Right. Either they weren't born or they'd be like, yeah, I've seen that in a documentary. You're like, what the fuck, a documentary? <laughs> yeah, I lived through that shit. Yes. You was like, I was in school when this happened. Yeah. Oh. Well, no, oh, and, no. and Nick and Nick gets it a lot because you know we're all pretty much a good bit older than Nick, and so we're we're giving these references to like stuff that we remember like yesterday, and Nick's like, yeah, I read about that, and we're like, goddamn. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Ali Frazier. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of both of those guys. Yeah, that's, that's in the history books. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, you know, newspapers. You've read about them on the internet. Like that's what <laughs> that's what our show is basically like all the time. <laughs> So uh, another thing, and this is also quick, um, and maybe people will start to notice this if they don't know it already. But you ever notice when you drink something really, really good, mm-hmm. something that surprises you with its taste? Mm-hmm. You always look at the drink. And it's, y'all will y'all will probably notice this when you start to do it if you haven't been paying attention. But like, if somebody hands you a mixed drink or some shit, you take a sip of it and it's real good. Then you hold your face away from it. And turn your hand like a little bit, you know, upwards with it in your hand. And you always look at the fucking drink, even if it's like a blank glass. 
if it's if it's an actual you know like if it's for loco and it is something but even when it's just even if it's some shit you know about like hey man here's some grape juice you take a sip oh shit grape juice this, this, this shit was delicious i don't know what that is like, like it's got the ingredients written on the bottom of the uh of the bottom of the glass yeah, like it's like where like it's gonna tell you where to get more or some shit. It's like yes, I am made with seventy five alcohol. You're right. Here's how you do it. Like, but it's amazing, and y'all will start to notice it from now. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm always checking that- for roofies because I'm white. But I mean, that, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing too, man. This might be, take a little, be a little bit longer of a topic, but um. The NCAA. I was kind of thinking about this Friday night because I was watching football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't really... Uh, I, I'm a sports fan to some extent, yeah. but I'm not as hardcore as most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably also uh, partially because I didn't go to a, a huge university. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. And I didn't think about that till the other day. Karen and I were talking about sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the little NCAA rant I went on. And... Um, it, it, I, it reminded me that I think the reason people come down so hard on these kids who step out of line is because it reminds them that the kids are like human beings and not just fucking like video game characters that go out there and catch touchdowns and then disappear until next Saturday and the shit is over. You know, and, and I, I think that whenever you see the like indignant fan, the, the guy who's like, shut up. Get in your place. You're getting paid an education. Who gives a fuck what you think? Get off Twitter, Chad Ojo Cinco, whatever. Like, whenever you see that guy, I really think he's trying to say, stop reminding me of your humanity because then I have to start caring about you. Like, you're an actual human being. Like, you have the same wants and needs and rights as me. And that won't, I won't be able to be entitled like that. Like, as a fan, part of my deal is I get to be entitled and you don't get to be. So, you get hurt, I get to fucking cheer for that if you get hurt. Or if, if you know if, if something happens and you got brain damage and you fucking off yourself at fifty, I get to feel like well I got some enjoyment on the field out of that. And while it's a damn shame, fuck it, it ain't me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was thinking, you know, when you see these guys who rant and rave against like Terrell Pryor, uh, you see them rant and rave against uh, Cam Newton, University of Miami. Yeah, the University of Miami. How much of that? is a subconscious need for these people to be put in their place so that we don't have to think about the bigger picture of the morality of putting somebody at risk so that we can have um a couple hours of entertainment on saturday uh i'll let nick start first man what do you think i think the ncaa has gone through great lengths to paint a picture uh or to put together the image of a universe where they are the benevolent and athletes are the recipient of that benevolence. And I, I, I think they've done a great job of picking spots to punish um, and, and enforce their rules publicly so that we look at people like Terrell Pryor or Cam Newton or people from the University of Miami or the women's tennis players at Boise State or any of these people that get suspended uh, or get slapped on the wrist or whatever as like the bad guys which in turn makes them look like the good guys. And, and that's not to say that those people aren't bad people. You know, for all I know, they could be bad people, but they are not the bad guys. Right. They are just in a system that essentially puts a very, very strict 
arbitrary set of rules on them and has, has forced them to become like indentured servants. Uh, and it goes all the way back and, and, and Branch for the Atlantic did an incredible piece on even language that's been put in place, like student athlete. That, that was put in place specifically to keep them from being able to, like, unionize or make money or, you know, or, or, or get paid when they get hurt or anything like that. Um, so the NCAA has created this system where you kind of buy into it by watching the sport. And they've set all the rules in their favor. And then when people step out of line of those rules, you don't question anymore why those rules are there. You're just like, oh, they broke the rules. They have to get punished. Like, oh, and and that's why something like Miami, the story about Miami, which is is a great piece of reporting on a specific scandal, becomes porn for college football fans because it points out bad guys. It gives you, you know, juicy storylines. Uh, and it paints a picture that doesn't really talk about the NCAA except for the fact that they set the rules that are being broken so they are thereby the good guys. Um, I also feel like they're seeking, like fans, because I feel like fans are, we're complicit in this. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't exempt myself, and I feel like fans seek that outlet to be like, oh, here's an excuse for me to feel like this shit is right. And if you want to put some arbitrary rules in place to give me a, a, a place to hide my um, morality, then I will gladly run to that place because it's easier than going, huh, that dude just tore his fucking ACL and he possibly might not get a scholarship renewed next year. Yeah. And he's probably not that great a student because, you know why? We don't give a fuck about his being, being a student. And he probably has to practice a whole bunch of extra hours. Why? We don't give a fuck about the practice regulation guidelines. That's all bullshit. Like, it's kind of, I think that 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 is that sense of like uh anger that that comes out because we had to look inside and go yo as fans we're part of the bullshit yo rick what do you think man well i think what the ncaa has done a good job of is tying themselves to this altruistic vision of college because when you think of college you don't really think like college is supposed to be a good thing college is supposed to be about uplifting people and educating people and making them better people and and preparing them for life and all that stuff so people have this vision that well the NCAA is just a division of college and you know they're making rules for colleges and so they've got to be good too since you know my vision of college is good which couldn't be further from the truth the NCAA is about itself you know they are a tax-exempt company that makes tons and tons of profit profit off of jersey sales licensing um tv deals all this kind of stuff like and i've said it i've said it a million times before they they for the final four they took away the student allotment that each school gets right took away like took away half of it like they went from 4500 to 2000 and then they took those tickets and they put them on razor gator which is an auction site so not only are you not selling them at face value you're auctioning them off to the highest bidder and all that money goes back to the ncaa um and then like like nick was saying as far as branches piece in the atlantic it's not just it's not just the pay players like that was that's the least of of the worries that that I think about when I think about the NCAA. It's the fact that these players have no rights. Like it's all about protecting the school. And we saw it with UNC where, you know, several of the players 
they thought they had counsel because they played for UNC and UNC had an attorney present, but that you that attorney wasn't thinking about the player. He was thinking about UNC's interest. So who actually ever looks out for the player's interest? Because we've seen time and time again that the school will dismiss them. They'll cut bait whenever the heat gets too close. The NCAA doesn't care about them because they'll use them as a sacrificial lamb to make it seem like they're holding up this vision of what college sports is supposed to be. Um, and so that's what really disgusts me about the whole situation. It's like, you know, we as fans can sit here, we root on these players, and they give us all this en- en- enjoyment, not only during the games, but during the week. We have bragging rights. My team's better than yours, and we can go to, go to work, and we can talk junk, and we can go on message boards, and we can talk junk, and yada, yada, yada. But we never think about what the student's life is like and the rules and the, the restrictions that are set upon them on an, as, on an everyday night. Not necessarily on the court, but what they have to go through on an everyday life. And, I, and it's really, really selfish of us, truthfully. Yeah. Now, Karen, I see you writing a bunch of shit over there. Go ahead and drop what you got to say because I see you got mad points. Yeah, and I, and I guess for me, this is something that me and Roger talked about. And just for me, from my... Yeah, that's right, people. My, me and my wife talk about sports sometimes. Hell I love her. Yeah. She's a keeper. Anyway, the, go ahead. The, the problem that I have is that the NCAA lies to the fans. That's my biggest issue. And you call them student athletes. But when I'm on the outside looking in, to me, they are everything but an athlete. And the reason, I mean, but a student. And the reason why I say this is because you have all these schools changing their conferences right now. The, uh, the, the, uh, the ACC just picked up two more colleges. You have all this money exchanging hands. Now, when they, when the colleges make decisions, it's all about money. It's all about the institution. It's all about a business deal. Why? Because the schools are large and the schools make money. And I have a problem with that because now doing football or basketball or whatever season, now you're going to have the players traveling twice as long. You're going to have them going further outside of their conference. They're going to be spending more hours away from school. So the question is, when is this class time coming in? There's going to be students, right? But every time I turn around, you're taking these athletes further and further out of the the parameter of the parameter of where they was initially supposed to be. I have a problem with that. They have to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Their whole day is mapped out for them. They have study time. They do have real lives, and a lot of them are come not everybody, but a lot of them come from poor backgrounds. A lot of them are minorities, and a lot of them this is their only way out of poverty. And to me. Well, they can sell drugs if they want. Yes, I, I, I understand <laughs> just, just that if, if, if they want to. But, but the problem that uh, I have with it is the fact that it frustrates me when you talk to fans that when you bring up the point that they're, everybody makes money off of them but them. I get a shirt. I can't sell my own shirt. I'm violating rules. You know, but yet you can take my shirt and sell at Foot Locker. You can sell at all these places. Everybody making money off my image but me. This is the problem I have with the way the institution is set up. Everybody makes money off the off the person that don't get shit. When everything pops off, who do you blame? The person that don't get shit. You don't ever go to where the money is. Why? Because you'll be surprised at where that money is connected to. This this, this is my whole issue with it. It needs to be taken down and restructured to where it's all about the student athletes if that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, the other um I, I would just put in a couple of things. One, I think you did on it 
the racial divide is, is a huge part of this. And class is a huge part of this. Because I, I think one of the reasons I don't really get into college sports like I could is because I feel like no relationship with a lot of the fan base. But I feel a huge connection to the players. And I think anybody that, especially if you play basketball, if you play, if you have family who played, uh, you know, athlete, uh, athletic endeavors seriously, you know, professionally, there's a relationship there you just can't replace. Like, there's a connection. When I see a dude fucking tear his ACL, that shit means something to yeah, me. Yeah, it, it doesn't me. mean, like, my favorite team doesn't have this guy anymore. It means, like, that fucking kid's life could be fucked. Yes, forever. forever. You know what I mean? I'm looking at it. But, yeah. um, like, when I went to a, a Carolina game, shout out to the Tar Heels, of course. What up, Rick? Um, I went to a Carolina game, and I looked in the crowd, man, and my cousin was playing for Georgia Tech, and I was in, like, the front, one of the one of the first rows, because I was behind the Georgia Tech bench. That's where they get the students their tickets, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I have on Carolina gear, but I'm rooting my fucking heart out for Anthony. Like, he had 19 points at halftime, and I'll be damned if I wasn't going crazy for every shot. Mm-hmm. Like, there was misses that people probably thought he hit if they put the camera on me. I was on TV. Motherfuckers was texting me, dog, you on TV, man. They got you going crazy at the game. They must have had me out of context. Because I don't think they noticed that it was only after Anthony scored that I was going crazy. And, yeah. and shout out to uh, my man, uh, Crazy Ass Hansborough, with the crazy eyes. Oh, yeah. Because he, he set a record for freshmen uh, that day. Oh, um, you were at the game where he dropped 40 on Tech. Yes, yes. Oh, and um, nice. and it was it was awesome, you know what I mean? Like, the experience was awesome. Yes. Because to me, I'm watching kids play ball. And that's the way I live. You know what I mean? Yes. The same way that, that I would watch a high school game. The same, like, the same purity. Because I just love sports. Even in the NBA, I still, I'm watching dudes play ball because I love right. ball. That's right. But then I looked up in that fucking crowd when they're just, like, going in on these kids for how dare Georgia Tech come in here and get this win. And I could just, especially the, in the, the Cardinals, the Tar Heels Arena is probably one of the best examples of this because they put the students up high and the alumni down low. Okay. Which sucks. Yeah, which, which I can't terrible. stand. Terrible yeah. idea. Fucks up the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Yes. that's why that crowd never looks crunk. It looks like a Panthers game. Right. So, but I'm looking at the crowd down low, watching these kids, and I'm like, none of y'all relate to these kids. Like to the, not even like on a like, well, this could be my son type level. Nope. Just simply on a like, I, I don't know. My son doesn't even have friends like you. Like fuck, like fuck you. Other than tonight for two hours. After that, you know, and you know, I have a son that looks like Tyler Hands, bro. You know what I mean? I might have a son that looks like uh, JJ Reddick, but I don't have no fucking sons that look like Anthony Morrow. I don't have no fucking sons that look. You know, so it's like that relationship is so fucked up in college sports, man. Because how can you root for a person that you would cross the street when you see him coming? You can't. Like you can't. There's a fundamental like difference there and and i'm not saying every white person every person with money i'm not saying that obviously that's not true no but there's just like a a, there's a large when you especially you go to these message boards and shit you see look at the comment section of your favorite fucking article about college sports you will fucking see it like yo these motherfuckers hate these dudes like you're rooting against these motherfuckers to succeed in life and it's and it's another thing is like not just <clears throat> from a, a racial point of view, but kind of an elitist point of view. You've got the most, a lot of the fans, like at the Carolina games, are college educated, yada, yada, yada. So they think that these kids are lucky to have yes. this opportunity to come to their school. And you know what? And a certain point of view, that is right, because a lot of these schools are great. And if they did not have the basketball acumen or whatever sport that they play, they might not have been afforded the, the possibility to go there. 
but let's not get it twisted. They're doing a lot more for the school than the school is doing for them. Okay, they're making a lot more money for the school than the school is doing for them. And the fact that these kids can't even really hold jobs, you know, um, especially during season. Obviously, they can't during season. They don't have time. Um, but then the NCAA even limits the amount of hours that they can work and make sure that if they're a delivery person that they have to, you know, they have to be monitored so closely to make sure that someone's not giving them extra tips and all this crap. And, you know, Moorhead scholars don't have to go through this. You know, uh, Bobby, who is, is on a, a musical scholarship, he doesn't have to jump through these type of hoops. And he's able to have a work-study program, you know, get money from work-study. And he's able to do all this other stuff. Hell, he's able to get a hookup at finish line if he knows somebody at finish line. So that's, I think that's the hypocrisy. They want to call them student-athletes, but they don't allow them to live the full student experience. Well, I will say this, though. I still do think race has something to do with it. I don't think it's the whole picture, but it's a big, it's the elephant in the room. And it's something that we as sports fans, we run the sports to get away from that. So it's like talking about this shit is really like that. Like to me, the anger that comes from the whole like shut these fucking kids up. I think that is our American uh, schism with race. That is us saying I'm not about to fucking talk about this kid because I don't even fucking like this kid when it comes right down to it. I don't like Cam Newton. I don't like his smile. It's fucking fake. I don't like his work, his fake hustle. I don't like his daddy. I don't like all this shit where he's just like, yo, that didn't come from just like watching the game, dog. No, and that like that shit nothing, came from somewhere else. It has nothing to do with the <laughs> fundamentals of football. Right. And, and until we're honest about that, I really do think sports is going to be stuck in that like anger mode. And that's why I, I can't really fuck with like I can't really fuck with sports fans like that like I'm not out like I'm really surprised so many because I I said that rant about NCAA and I'm like yeah I'm probably gonna lose some followers over this shit because but but it's kind of weird because everybody knew it was bullshit they're like yo the NCAA is bullshit you're 100% right but we're all gonna watch college football tomorrow so like (laughs) fuck it you know what I'm saying like fuck it they won they have won it's already a wrap because at the end of the day they're not going to change shit till we change. And as human beings, I don't think we're ever going to change. And not in America, because race is too hurtful of a topic to talk about like that, yo. It's too much. But you can tell, as black people, we can tell white people that's cool with black people. And you can yeah. tell, because them motherfuckers' stances on race and shit be so much more different. Yeah. It's like, yo, I have actually, yeah, I know some black people. So, yeah, I know that you can yeah. actually have cornrows. And be able to hold down a full time job. I know yes. Like yes. I, I, I yes, I know you can have cornrows and have a full point in college. Yes, yeah, I've you. seen it because yes, I've seen it. Like eyes. we vilify that whole one of Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, the, the science has shown that you cannot have cornrows and have a four point I think the threshold is a three point eight seven. Um that's scientific. But but like uh Nick, I know you play basketball or whatever or you used to play it or whatever. Like that right there automatically integrates you with other races. It, like it's true. Did you, now you're but by your, your skin color alone in your class and whatnot, you're already kind of got to end with white people anyway. Have you ever run into that uncomfortable difference of like, huh? Now nah, actually, those people are kind of cool, but you know, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, I I think I think you will always run into racism and you will always run into kind of conversations that don't directly say things like well I don't trust black people or they steal a lot or you know 
they aren't good workers or they're lazy or whatever, whatever. Like, but you run into a lot of conversations where that stuff is alluded to. Uh, and when you're in a situation where, you know, it makes up a majority of your friends or a large portion of your friends or maybe just one of your friends, it is offensive. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say, like, you get behind, you get behind a closed door and everybody kind of like loosens their belt a little bit. And that's when some of the jokes come out where you're like, oh, all right. And now listen, you could listen to my show, you know, with Rick and, and with Trilly and with Jay Hen and with Chi. And if I was taken out of context, you'd be like, oh, this, this kid, this kid obviously thinks less of black people than he does of white people. And that's yeah. not true. I, I prefer black people to white people. I prefer <laughs> most people to white well, people. It's the, it's the way that Rick um, sets you up. It's not your fault. No, man. no, I know. But what it I'm just saying up, is <laughs> that's fucked up because us light skinned brothers got to stick together. Um, <laughs> but yes, we do. Light power. Light, light power. power. Um, <laughs> you know. But it just, it just, yes, you run into it all the time. And I, I don't think I can't, I can't imagine a scenario where anybody doesn't run into it. Uh, so it, it stinks. It stinks to you know when you hear the conversation about sports, it's tough because there are people out there that really stick to the they're getting a free education. Like these athletes, whether they're on the swim team or the lacrosse team or the baseball team or the football team or the basketball team, are getting a free education, and and that is true. And, you know, if it wasn't for college football or college basketball, I mean, I don't think it's a leap to say that a lot of kids would go without an opportunity that they got. Yeah, that's, and see, that's the catch and, too for and me. Exactly, that's the tough I part. root for the kids to get the success story, so it's fucked up because I, it's like, I feel like me and the fans in the stand aren't rooting for the same shit. No. You know what I mean? And that's what's, like, I feel like one person's rooting for the front of the vest, the front of the, the, the jersey, and, and I'm rooting for the back of the jersey. And, and I know that, and it's just a fundamental difference that I'm always gonna have. And I feel like I'm, I, if I was really into college sports, I'd always be fighting that war. But, yo, we've talked about that for a while, so let's actually move on. Um, to uh, actual articles that we uh, gathered, and they will get up out of here. Look so at you, watch the coming. clock before these Eagles come on. I <laughs> see you, boy. Okay. The Eagles game coming. The Eagles game coming. Um, so this, uh, we talked about this before on the show, uh, Karen and I. And, uh, it's one of those things where we disagreed on it completely. Uh, we talked to yes, completely, <laughs> Karen. That's true. Uh, we talked about it on. Um, <laughs> On another podcast, uh, I believe it was Single Simulcast, yes, right? Sir. And uh, that's where this came up. And uh, I decided that tough love need, needs to be needs to happen sometimes. And I don't believe in throwing children off boats. Well, okay. Um, a father was charged Wednesday with child abuse after prosecutors said he slapped his seven-year-old son until he cried. Which, I mean, let's be honest. How many slaps could that have been? Not a lot. He's only seven. Yeah. One slap is enough. What? You know? See how kid in tears. So he slapped him until he cried, and then he threw the boy overboard during the pleasure cruise in California. Mm-hmm. And Karen thinks this is wrong. Yes. And I think if you threaten a kid with, hey, I will throw your ass off this boat if you don't act right. Sometimes you gotta, you can't let your bluff get called. That's what, you reach like the old man rule. You know, like the Big Brother rule. Yeah. He made a threat. He has to go through with it. Mm-mm. And I believe in disciplining children. I, I I understand you can't let children do whatever they want to, but no, you do not throw children off boats. He jumped in the water after the kid to save him. He made care. sure he didn't drown. See, I fall. Like, I would throw my wife or my girlfriend off the boat. 
But I wouldn't throw a kid, man. I wouldn't slap my wife. I'd throw her off the boat. I'd slap my kid, but wouldn't throw them off the boat. So I guess I'm kind of mixed with this. Okay, okay. Nick, what about you? Where do you fall on this so far? I mean, here's the thing. Talking about kids is tough because... It's one of those situations where you can talk about your own, but you can't talk about anybody else's. Mm. But I envision myself being in a conversation with my wife and saying things like, man, our kid is a fucking asshole. <laughs> so when somebody is an asshole, sometimes you have to try to correct that. And if you got to throw the kid out of the boat to do that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, could, could the kid swim? Did he have floaties on? Did he have a... He's on a boat. Did he have a vest on? I do need those details. Because I won't lie. If that kid had a vest on, then I'm not worried about it. Like, you should you should be able to power bomb a kid off a boat if he has a vest on. <laughs> if he pops right back up to the surface like an ice cube, like, he's fine. Now... Especially if you go in there after him. I mean, that shows love of a father. It's not like you just threw the motherfucker over and pretended that it didn't happen. Now, I also want to know, because I didn't read the article, Was the, do we know what the racial background of this uh, man? Uh, oh, yeah, they, they white. They white. They white? Yeah. Now, white, so, white kids can swim. You can throw yeah. that kid right off the boat. <laughs> now, if this was a yeah. Mexican family, I would be like, hold on. Yeah, if they would have said black, I, I would have had issues with this dude. Yeah, and it's like, both of y'all family, then I'm like 50-50, I get really nervous. If it's a Spanish family, lock that dad up, because he almost killed the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are so wrong, man. Kids stink, so that's dangerous. So, but a white kid, white kids are born with like flippers. They all like surf or skateboard or wakeboard or you know, like throw that kid right in the ocean. He should be fine. He's probably more comfortable there than he is on the boat. So the dad's name is Sloan. Yeah, Sloan Brown. Right. Yeah, he was. All right, that's yeah, the important part of the story. He's thirty-five, uh, and he had been drinking before the boy was tossed ten feet over the side of the Queen. In in Newport Harbor during a cruise, August 28th. Now, for the record, I've seen this boat. It wasn't a cruise ship like the big ones. Like the kid probably fell five feet before he hit the water. Just in case you guys are wondering. Um, when the other passengers became angry, like he had just said the N word at a basketball game, <laughs> Brown jumped into the water before someone on a nearby boat retrieved the boy. Now I like how they're like. Yo, he waited till they got mad before you jumped. <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit of yellow journalism there, but that's okay. <laughs> I see, I see you. Who wrote this? I see you, Yahoo News. I see what you want. <laughs> um, so several days later, Brow told the syndicated show Inside Edition that it amounted to roughhousing. We were just screwing around, just showing off, just being guys. And it's not like I threw him off. We went together. It was just like a hand-in-hand thing. Now, is he lying? Of course. Yes, he is. Yeah, of course yeah, he's yeah. He's backpedaling now. He's backpedaling. Yeah, he's, he's lying. He's lying. his shoes backpedaling on that one. <laughs> this shit got a little too big for his britches, and he kind of, he didn't know it was going to get this crazy. But I, re- I honestly, in my heart of hearts, believe that my man said, I will throw your punk ass out this boat if you don't act right. And that kid was like, fuck you, do it. And then somebody got to go off the boat, Karen. That's how it works. That is what being a man is about. It is not about... One or the other is going off the edge. Either that dad's respect, like the respect for that dad or that kid. And if it's me, you know, you got to look out for number one. And number one when you have kids is is the respect of the child. So, you know, sometimes that kid's got to go Cirque du Soleil over the side of the boat. And everybody else, you know, can just holler at me later. I I don't know. Ten feet is a lot. Ten feet is a lot, though. I, I was thinking like it was a family fishing trip, 
and one of the families kind of like sold him out or something like that. Now it's like a Carnival Cruise line. But I'm like, oh, this kid went down three stories. Now I'm like a little bit spicy, but I'm still Yo, how- dead on this one. I'm rolling with that. I think I could throw a seven-year-old ten feet. Yeah, I'm not trying too hard. You know, I, I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but um, he's yeah. Go ahead. Kevin. This is one of the few days that we completely are on two left sides. Thank God we're not having kids. Cause oh no, we don't want no children. I would throw that little motherfucker off the boat. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. You off the boat. I'll just be. Uh, his mom will get over it, but that little <laughs> motherfucker will never call me bitch again in public. <laughs> Test me in public in front of people on a fucking cruise. I took your little punk ass on a fucking cruise, man. Could have left you with your aunt, you little bastard. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you fucking entitled piece of shit. It's a cruise, uh-huh. and you are seven. There are people who are fucking 50 and have never been on a pleasure cruise in their life. That's true now. And your little punk ass is taking up a room and talking shit to daddy on a cruise. Nigga, go swimming. Stop it, he didn't eat no fucking pussy on the boat because his fucking kid's there. And he's probably sharing a room with the mom and the kids so he can't even fucking get none. Man, fuck that little kid. Man, I'm moving on to the next story. Fuck that shit. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, relatives and fucking up, I don't agree with this type of tough love. Oh. A Kansas man is behind bars after police say he tied an adult female relative to a chair and held her against her will in a Portage motel room. Martin Jonathan, who's 55, he's white, guess the rest, um, of Kansas, was formally charged Tuesday with two counts of Class C felony confinement and one misdemeanor count of battery after the 21-year-old relative ran, it, ran into a U.S. 20 liquor store naked and begged for help. Oh, yeah, what the, the hell did he do to her? The lady, who's 21 years old, got free somehow, ran into a liquor store naked and beg for help. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, 9.45 a.m. Monday. Wow, the liquor stores are open that early? I guess so. Uh, in yeah. California they are, I would know, because I was at one in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, anyway, keep going. Mm, alcohol, alcoholics be working, dog. Yes, yes um, <laughs> Got to get that fixed, baby. Like, alcoholism never takes an hour off. Let's go. <laughs> what is this shit? I can't drink till 12. Fuck you. So, uh, they were called to the store after a naked woman was seen being chased by a car, running for her life, and heading inside a liquor store. Uh, Portage Police and Porter County Prosecutor said in documents filed in the court, a Portage Police officer in the area was able to quickly respond and reportedly blocked uh, Jonathan's car between the liquor store building and her cruiser. So, he got arrested by a woman officer. Way to go, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm saying, come you on, You know dog. she probably beat the hell out of him. Ain't no woman that. taking me down. That's all I'm saying. Better send some dudes. Women officers are tough, man. I don't know. They got to prove it. Don't tase me, chick. Don't tase me. <laughs> don't tase me, hoe. Uh, right as he was beginning to back out, the officer approached the car with her gun drawn and ordered Jonathan out. Uh, she then saw he was holding down the woman who was huddled face up on the passenger side floor, uh, completely naked with a rope around her right ankle. Oh. The, what, what was up with the people in the liquor store who were like, yeah, I'm good, I'm not helping anybody on this they were, It was 9.45 in the morning, they were in a liquor store, you don't want to draw any attention to yourself. <laughs> yes! Wow. Like, I gotta get rid of these fucking detox shakes, man. I'm sorry. Uh, the officer said the woman had bruising on her body, both old and fresh. Damn. The woman, she, she, she's been beat, getting beat since way back there. The woman told police Jonathan was angry about a relationship she had been having with an older man and forced her to leave her Missouri home Saturday, 
taking her Sunday night to the Dollar Inn. So you didn't even take her to a class. Dollar Inn, damn. Uh, and the woman said Jonathan had been having sex with her for years. So yeah, he's been fucking his relative for years. Tw- tw- Twenty-one. So yeah, you fucking pedophile. Probably, yeah, he probably started early. You know, get him young. 15 will get you 20 anyway. Uh, though he provided little details as to what may have transpired in the motel room. So they don't know if he was fucking her in the motel room, but she's naked and tied up. I mean, Come on now. son, <laughs> sir. Hey, that's, hey, that sounds like a good night for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to even lie. Some people charge <laughs> for that, you know? Charge good money. Some people charge good money. Yeah, As how was the Mike Mike in Chicago? Yeah, on top of that, Dollar Tree. I'm Dollar Tree. Damn, Dollar Inn. Dollar Tree. Dollar Inn is cheaper than Motel Six. Damn, at least Motel Six is six dollars. So she said that uh, she, Johansson had Jonathan had her nude and tied to a chair in the room. She was able to loosen the ropes and flee when he went to the bathroom. I got loose and saw my chance to escape. I got out the room and started running. That's when he started chasing me. I saw my chance to escape, so I did. Hey, yo, you think when he was peeing, he was able to cut that piss short? Because, like, that is hard to do. Like, it's the hardest thing in the world. Seriously. Like, if my rape victim was getting loose and I had to finish that piss, I might just finish the piss, dog. I would hope so. That's probably what got him caught. That one split second between a man finishing his piss for himself and the piss telling you when it's done. That shit got him caught. (laughs) <laughs> that was that's the difference. That was the difference between the street and the liquor store, dog. Um, but uh, the woman ran to a nearby liquor store, pleaded for help, holding on to a set of cooler doors with a firm grip. A clerk inside the store said, just seconds after the woman came in, you know he was lying. It wasn't seconds. You know it was like minutes, but he was like, oh, I didn't have time to do it. Yeah, um, the Jonathan followed her in, pulled the woman out of the store into his car. And the clerk said that Jonathan started to back up. Police arrived and came to the woman's aid. Uh, he's been held in jail without bond. So I hope that woman, woman officer whooped whoop his ass. And yeah, you don't fuck with woman officers either because you don't know what kind of bullshit they had to go through. Huh, that's a good point, Karen. I never thought about that. They deal with dicks all the time, so your dick will not frighten them. Yes, you know what, that is a good point. <laughs> I, I changed my mind. I will not fuck with poli- women police no. officers. Yeah, because they, they have a gun. Yes, yeah, that too. That is a great point also. <laughs> and a taser and a nightstick. These are, and you guys make good points. You guys both, I, okay, I, you changed my mind. Hopefully y'all see the logic in throwing a kid off a boat now. Uh, <laughs> Burnt Weenie. Man tries to roast his privates. Oh. This is going to be a tough read. You know this had to hurt. A man in Prefontaine Place Park was found by police and firefighters straddling a fire set in an abandoned fountain. According to police, the man was wearing crotchless chap-style spandex. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like where this story is going. Oh, so this is what Prince is up to. Um, wow. Chap-style spandex with his genitals and buttocks showing. When police oh, said... Oh, he going to get it. it was, <laughs> so he's roasting those chestnuts, Dan. Oh, <laughs> When police and firefighters arrived at the park located at 3rd Avenue and yesterday, about 12.30 in the morning, Wednesday, they found the man letting flames touch his genitals and buttocks. Uh, maybe he had, like, crabs or something? Maybe he had hurt. That's how you get rid of them? Like, like, real, hold up, like, real flames, like, chestnuts oak roasting over an open yeah, fire yeah. flame? By open fire. fire. Uh, ah. he told an officer that he was having a weenie roast as he gyrated over the flame oh. so yeah now they're putting him in the Harborview 
mental uh mental uh something for involuntary the, the mental evaluation wasn't, wasn't the cutest something wrong yo how the fuck did he get that did he leave the house in crotchless can we can we not advocate capital punishment right here? Like, shouldn't he get the chair? Seriously, because it's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> can't we just kill him? That's one less. That's one less blight on society. Let's just get rid of him. Move it along. Next. Now I saved this article for Rick because I knew he would be on the show, and I need his opinion because <laughs> I know he's into this porn. Never there's been. nothing illegal. There's nothing illegal about a foot fetish. But police, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? <laughs> that's, hey, that, that's where it starts. That's the start of the article. Okay, go ahead. There's nothing illegal about a foot fetish, but Con, but police in Conway, Arkansas, are looking for a toe sucking man. They said has crossed the line into assault. Ah. Uh, mhm. Oh, this is wait. I've heard about this. This is the dude who's like a serial toe sucker. Mm. Okay, listen. All right. First off, I do not have a foot fetish. Let's get that out right now. <laughs> Are we I, sure about this? Because I've heard differently. I admire feet. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate a nice shoe game on a woman. And yes, if I'm going to be completely honest. In my life, I have sucked a toe or three. But I don't understand why this had to be directed at me. Listen, I don't. you should not serially suck toes, okay? You have to ask permission. You should obviously know someone before you do it. Maybe have a relationship with them. But you just can't serially suck toes. That just didn't work, no. Well, you know how they made Obama have to go on the record against, like, the new Black Panthers? I feel like you being classified as a toe suckologist, you should have to go on the record officially about what you know how how you what your stance is about this toe sucking shit. Listen, I could I could write a diatribe if you would like. I'm just saying there, <laughs> there are reasons there are reasons, times, and situations to do it. You just can't, preferably after they get out of the shower, fellas. Okay, now. Um, but you just can't do everybody. There's no reason to do everybody. It's a very intimate. It's like kissing. You can't kiss everybody. You can't suck everybody's toes. Get with it, people. That's you can't true. eat just like you can't eat everybody's chitlins. And this dude can't know, eat anyone's chitlins. Yeah, I don't eat chitlins. This dude set himself up to get caught too, because the instant you show up to a hospital with athlete's tongue. I mean, they're going to call the cops. Like, tough. that's going to be. Why did not think of that? That was put, awesome. Like, he's putting tough acting to acting on his fucking tonsils. Exactly. As soon as you show up to the doctor and they're like, "Oh, it appears that you have like a toe fungus in your mouth," they're just going to call the cops, and that's it. Like, you needed to. You gotta. You can't just be sucking random toes, man. That's how people get staph infection. I think. Like, that's gross, nope. man. Yeah, that's, that's, what to, that's what happened to. That's what happened to the Bengals locker room a couple of years back, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> police have infections. Go ahead. Police have recently received two complaints in the past week about a man who seemed desperate to suck women's toes, whether they want him to or not. He, wa- <laughs> the police say they want him off the streets, and the police spokeswoman, this name is Latricia Woodruff. Oh hell no! Guess the race. Last Saturday, Ruth Harris, eighty-three. Told police she was sitting in a chair in front of her apartment when a man approached and said he liked her feet. 
Nobody likes 83 year old toes. You got a problem, sir. According to a police report, the man took off one of her shoes and began sucking on her toe. The man then asked if he could kiss her and she told him no and told and told him he was crazy. The man quickly left after people walked into the apartment complex's courtyard. On Tuesday, wow. oh, he owned it. On Tuesday, scheduled. Police received another call from a woman who said that on Saturday she was shopping when she noticed a man staring at her. The man then told the woman that he had a foot fetish and that her toes were so long and succulent. Oh, and he wanted to suck them. When the woman's cell phone rang, the man retreated. This nigga is easily discouraged. Yes. <laughs> cell phone, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to go. Okay. No. Uh, that was a close one. Just all about that subject. Uh, she told the she told the police the man had messed up toes, whatever that means. Um, it is not the first time that Conway has dealt with this sort of complaint. In the 1990s, a man known as the toes. <laughs> Oh. A man known as the Toe Suck Fairy <laughs> kept Arkansans, uh, Arkansans, Arkansans captivated with foot fondling antics in Conway and Little Rock. Wow. That assailant, Robert Michael Robert Wyatt, pretended to be a podiatrist in order to fondle and suck a Conway woman's toes at a clothing store. Oh. He received probation, a fine, and court-ordered therapy, but his probation was revoked after he was arrested in another town on similar charges. Damn. He just roaming the Love fucking... Them toes. It was like the fucking Incredible Hulk of toes. Like, he just roaming the countryside, hitchhiking. Yeah, and they wanted to keep him off the streets. No, he wanted them women to beat the streets. Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all making night- me never want to suck another toe again. This dude's giving toe suckers a bad name, both of these guys. In 1991, he was convicted of making threats for telling a convenience store clerk that he wanted to cut off her feet and suck her toes while she bled to death. Okay. That's not sexy at all. No, that's not. Uh, He's been sentenced to four years. That dude was sentenced to four years in prison. And he served only one year in prison because apparently people don't take those kind of threats seriously. Nah. Um, two decades later, police have not ruled out the possibility that the current toe sucker could be the toe sucker fairy. Mm. Wow. Yes, the toe suck fairy has returned, Karen. Mm-mm. Um, all right, let's go back to generals. Um, two British men were sentenced this year, this week, for two years in prison. After they admitted to burning a man's genitals with a hair straightening iron. Oh, was it was that hair nappy? Because that's all you used that to straighten hair out. Was it kinky? <laughs> was it was it, was it trying to you know make make it look like they had a relaxer? I don't understand this. <laughs> His ball hair. I don't yes, think... you have to stra- That's what you use a flat iron for to straighten hair. Oh, flat iron on balls. On balls. On ball hair. You know, trying to get the hair. Now, together. Nick, for you, you might not understand. Uh, I think your people call these curling irons or straightening irons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hair straightener, okay. I believe. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. That same same thing applies. You apply mm-hmm. extreme heat directly to the follicles. Yes. Except in this case, they applied it straightly to the balls, the testicles. Yeah. Uh, Christopher they, they just had to be sure they was you know fresh and clean down there. Huh? Christopher Lilly. Isn't, isn't that how you cook chitlins? 
<laughs> I'm unfamiliar. It's uh, that that uh, that's outside of my palate. Uh, you know, you, you know. never know. Somebody might that might be somebody's recipe. You might somebody might be listening to this mad I, shit. I hope they don't. Like Nick figured it out. <laughs> I oh, what I've seen that is not domestic, but hey, I could be learning. Grandma's secret recipe for she always cooking chitlins. And I was wondering why she always gets shocked every time she put a spoon in that chitlin box. Oh Lord, have mercy. So, um, so Christopher and Richard, I don't know, who gives a fuck about their last name, admitted that they pushed Ed Anthony Dab 18 onto a bed and put straightening irons on his private parts during a meeting over drug debts. I like how they discovered that. That is the best description of torture for a drug shakedown ever. It was a meeting over drug debt. Oh, it was like, you ain't gonna pay? All right. Well, you schedule this on your Google Calendar and you meet up. And you have a little, you know, a little talk. There's a conference call over <laughs> over receipts. Yes. Narcotics. Yes. I understand you're a little behind on your uh, marijuana payments. Uh, <laughs> would you like to discuss this further laying on the that bed? That does not like sound it? like marijuana payments. Someone put the flat iron on your balls. You have to. It's got to be coke <laughs> or harder. Yeah, got to be. That sounds That's like great. methamphetamine to me. Whilst it might have only lasted moments, the application of the straighteners was sufficient to call full thickness burns to the piece. Said Judge Susan Grocott. Uh, the incident occurred last March when the men sent a taxi to pick up Dab so he could part, pay a 200 pound debt and they sold him death, methadrone. Told you. Uh, Same family, I guess. A dangerous stimulant known as bath salts. When he arrived, they attacked him, leaving a two centimeter by five centimeter wide burn. Uh, he felt a burning pain for a minute, but then the pain went away and he didn't feel anything, prosecutors said. Well, damn, he didn't put the feeling out. That's why. He put the feeling out of his balls? Yeah, they might as well put uh, relax on that shit then. The attack only ceased when three girls ran into the room and exclaimed, you're sick. So they, even these motherfuckers found chicks to hang out with. That, wow. That's amazing. Um, you think they straightened their hair out too? <laughs> they were like, wow. That's why she thought they were sick. They were like, my fucking curling iron, you bitch. Yes. <laughs> now nah, I can't use it. It's been on balls, man. I'm appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> you only supposed to use it on my vagina hair, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Going to be involved. Anthony says he suffered months of embarrassment, indignity, and pain because of the injury. Okay. Um, a burn on balls, sweaty balls, that doesn't really heal that quick. I understand where he's coming from. That could be traumatic. <laughs> that is embarrassing. What happens when you put your gold bond, like your medicated gold bond on? That's going to kill. You basically rule out using gold bond for the guy rest of this guy's life. Yeah. How do you fucking, like, um... Disinfect this. No, that. How the fuck do you have sex? That shit gotta hurt. How yeah, do you, why? How do you explain yeah. the scar on your balls to the next woman you're with? Oh no, yeah. that's no problem. No, I didn't have anything. That was, you know, it was just a curling iron accident. No big deal. I like that. I like that all of us dudes on the phone realize that. Um, yeah, you're clearly gonna still ask to get your dick sucked. That is not gonna stop. That is not gonna stop. Someone is gonna learn. see it, like probably pretty soon after, because you're trying to get back on the wagon there. No, no, no. Dick sucked. Dick sucked. I'm wanting my balls licked too. I mean, come on. Right. Exactly. Like, ma'am, you just have to deal with this. If you can't handle burn wounds, then we're not in the right. Like, exactly. What smells like pork rinds? <laughs> 
Like I'm only dating burn unit nurses from that point on. I'm a uh, it I was like stalking her. <laughs> yeah. do, do you think she was like this smell like my mama's chickens going on here? There you, go. <laughs> you could you could get after a lot of fat girls with that, I think. Like that's like a real pheromone enhancer potentially. This this this, this could be turned around for this guy. He went from like being in on drugs to maybe just like having a lot of big girls showing up to the place. Like, how, how about we light some candles, put on some Luther, and you change the gauze on my balls, baby. <laughs> At least the report gave him credit for full thickness burns. What if they were like it wasn't that thick, but there were some burns? Like what if he had like medial thickness burns like isn't that way more insulting that's kind of cool if whoever wrote the story to give him credit for full thickness oh wait or maybe it's backwards maybe full thickness means it covered the whole dick oh. whereas if you'd be like yo it just got like five percent of the dick oh man that's like yeah because it's so big yeah up. i didn't think about it going that way but i'm a white guy so i'm always trying to be on the positive side of that kind of stuff <laughs> Y'all talking about him messing with the big girls. Do you think he look at the big girl like, girl, go ahead and get that check. You know what time it is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right. So, speaking of uh, sexual craziness, uh, Florida, oh, Florida, uh, Sarasota County, a woman waiting for a cable installation at home wound up getting a more explicit display right in her own living room. Oh! The 24-year-old woman told Sarasota County, Sarasota County Sheriff's Deputy at Comcast cable installer came to her home on July 31st and exposed himself. Tuesday night, deputies tell our news partner WWSD-TV that they tracked down and arrested 31-year-old Shay Wheatley of Port Charlotte for the crime. The woman told deputies Wheatley showed up to install cable service and began touching himself through his shorts. Oh. Yeah. Then she looked away. She was disgusted, Karen, okay? Her mom didn't raise no fucking prude. Oh, she didn't go get the curl knives? I mean, come on. That's <laughs> what he was asking for. But like all true whores, she turned back around, and he was exposing himself. He had pulled his dick all the way out. Wow. That's right. Of course she couldn't look away. It was a dick, Karen. She was. She could have called the cops right away. Made the same, sir. She needed to know. It's like titties. Like I said, if a woman pulls her titties out, even if it's like an eighty-year-old woman, I'm gonna look just to catalog them. It's science. It's not even fucking. It's not even attraction at that point. It's it's would I be attracted to those titties? No, I didn't think so. Yes, and I guess women do make make mental um snapshots of dicks. Women look at dicks all the time. Y'all be trying to lie like y'all don't look at dick prints in khakis and shit. I know. Why you think these skinny jeans is really selling? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that, that and, and booty and booty prints, you know, women. Men like wear men wear anything that women like, right? Yes. So skinny jeans, women must like that shit. I don't. Y'all be looking at our dicks, dog. You ain't fooled me. I like um, this. So this dude, speaking <laughs> of, we talked about the internet earlier. Um, this internet troll. Oh. <laughs> he went on. Um, he went and posted videos and messages mocking the death of teenagers. Including a girl hit by a train, and he's been put in jail. Uh, he targeted Facebook tribute pages and posted videos on YouTube taunting the dead and their families. What an asshole! Seriously, this is like top level asshole. Teens. Uh, he went to uh, Natasha McBride's page, who's 15, who died instantly when hit by a passenger train near her home uh, in Westshire or Worcestershire. I haven't pronounced that. Uh, the day after Natasha's death in February, Duffy co- posted comments including, I fell asleep on the track, lols. 
Yeah. A word. Uh, four days later, he created a YouTube video called Tasha the Tank Engine. That is so bad. Featuring her face superimposed in front of a fictional engine. Oh, God. Oh, damn. You know, this is really getting close to my nothing's wrong if it's funny motto for the show. Ah, ah. Because this is hilarious. Duffy, who was unemployed. Was the train going down the track too then? I mean, damn. Go ahead and put it in motion. Duffy, who was unemployed. <laughs> of course not. Did not know any of his victims. He pleaded guilty to two counts of sending malicious communications related to Natasha. He asked for three other cases of Facebook trolling, posting offensive messages on the internet, to be taken into consideration when he appeared before magistrates in Berkshire. Jailing him for 18 weeks, the chair of the bench, Paul Warren, told him, You have caused untold distress to already grieving families and friends. The offenses are so serious, only a custodial sentence could be justified. So he went to jail. He's going to prison for 18 weeks. I guess it's not a ton of time. No, and it don't matter. He's got a fucking job. Ain't, ain't like he don't get fired or some shit. <laughs> right. Uh, that is pretty practical, Cam. <laughs> um, he went on to say the case has served as an illustration of the harm and damage that malicious use of social networking sites can do. Now, assholes on the malicious networking sites. Uh, he was also given a five-year antisocial behavior order to prohibit him from creating and accessing social network sites, including Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Bebo, and MySpace. Um, and he will also have to inform the police of any phone he has or buys that comes with internet access. Damn. So they're going to be checking up on this dude, man. Um, he <laughs> Another person, he said, uh, he also got on 16-year-old Haley Bates who died in a car crash, and he put on there, um, he defaced pictures of her, adding crosses over her eyes, stitches on her forehead, forehead, and one caption underneath a picture of flowers at the crash site reads, used car for sale, one useless owner. That well, is so wrong, man. Damn, sir. Just, I think this dude might post on SOHH, man. I, I was just about to say... <laughs> Don't act like we don't know a few people that can fit this description. That like, welcome to, the, welcome to the jungle, dude. That shit, like, somebody actually died on, um, on, uh, SOHH the other day, and they had, like, a thread about her dying and stuff, and I went in and posted my condolences and got the fuck out, because I didn't even want to read. Oh, no. Because oh, my shit. assumption is at least one that person had to be an asshole. That's just how that yeah. is. It doesn't matter if somebody died or not. Now, I mean, um, that's like the, the internet... And anonymity are, are like beer, beer muscles for nerds. And that's kind of how this stuff gets started. I'm glad that dude goes to jail because you know he's getting raped. Yeah, yeah exactly. You have to rape Like, that it's comes with like a sentence. Dude. The judge should just say it. Like, 18 months, uh, 18 weeks of prison time and, like, fully uncomfortable, painful anal penetration yeah. repeatedly. Because there's no like, way that dude's going to be able to fight off anybody. Wait, he should I, bang the gavel and be like, yeah, you know this comes with rape, right? And then when I raped him, they should have all them fucked up pictures on the other side so you can see. Oh, you want to get it like Dexter. I see that reference right there. You want to <laughs> get it like Dexter. Like, he, walks into the, he walks in to take a shower and there's just pictures of all these dead people he posts nasty messages about right before he gets the shot in the neck and then they just pillage him. That's pretty gross, but I support it. Way to go, Karen. Good shit. Thank you. <laughs> all right, last article. What have we not talked about yet, Karen? Sword! That's right. Sword <laughs> ratchetness. Uh, triple murder suspect says an extermination happened. Uh-oh. 
When asked what happened to his family, a 23-year-old Montgomery County man accused of stabbing his father, mother, and twin brother to death answered, extermination. Well, damn. Oh my goodness. This is why you throw the little motherfucker off the boat. Because he'll ah. never, mm. ever step to you at fucking 23. Because he knows his father follows through on threats. So when he pulls out that fucking sword and you tell him, you better fucking kill me. Because if you don't, I'm going to fuck you up. He'll go, I'm sorry, Dad, and walk the fuck out the house. Maybe, ah. or the anger from getting thrown off the boat is what led to, like, all this deep-seated rage. I don't know. Now I'm nervous, man. Now I'm not so sure. <laughs> this guy had to be white, right? I didn't listen to the name. What was yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Of course he's white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had a sword. So, um, and he wasn't Japanese. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, probably covered so. one story with, like, other races and, and swords. Y'all, y'all kind of own the patent on this one. Yeah, yeah, no. This is kind of our thing. Um, and <laughs> you, I mean, you see people in Central Park having, like, sword practice with, like, the wood swords. So we know how to use it. We're out there. We're out there preparing. It's very much like NMA. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, that, that, that's crazy. That's horrible to hear. And hopefully the punishment, there's some swording involved in that, too. I don't know. While District Attorney Reza Vetri Furman, because, you know, she needs to keep both of her names, you know, hyphenate that shit. So, uh, she says there's no clear answer as to why Joseph McAndrew Jr. murdered his parents and brother with a samurai-style sword Saturday. Uh, she says that it was clearly an aspect of mental illness to the massacre. Yeah, you know. No shit. Right. I think I could have, they could have let me write this This isn't Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was a necessity. That is uh, the custom of the times. <laughs> Hold on. Is this dude the king of the north? No? Alright, he's fucking crazy. Let's kill him. <laughs> yeah. All he was trying to do was level up to level 1,000. What did I just thought you people understand? He was three people short. Right. <laughs> he was trying to save the princess. Yes. And, um, he was going to put upgrades. McAndrew told authorities that uh, the attacker did the extermination says court documents when uh asked who was exterminated he said person named brother person named mother and person named father oh he was insane wouldn't even tell them their real names um or unless that was their real names maybe his name was father mcandrew um and ah! he's a priest um in addition to the samurai sword murder weapon police recovered several knives which are not as ratchet as swords. No, but, but baby swords. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, it's baby swords. The 23-year-old has been charged with three counts of first-degree murder for the deaths of Joseph McAndrew, Susan McAndrew, and James McAndrew. Uh, Joseph Andrew, McAndrew Sr. was a retired teacher. Um, all three were killed with multiple cuts and lacerations in the family home. I still don't... I never understand these stories of how you kill three people with swords. Like, it, so nobody ran? Nobody? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, you should be... Swords should be cumbersome to run with, um, right. unless you hold them above your head, which you're not going to be as fast. I, you're not going. <laughs> if you kill one person in my house with a sword, you're not going to get me. Nobody else. Yeah. Nah. I got a like, person might take an L because they might not see it coming. But the right. rest of us, we go. Yep. Right. Oh, uh, anyway, man, all three were discovered in the kitchen of their home, so they all died in the same room. Man, I hope you drug them there, cause man, if I'm not dying. If all three of us just eating breakfast, you cut the first motherfucker, and then I chill. Like, well, these grits are good. I'll just see what happens here. <laughs> oh. Fuck that, dog. You gotta come find. They gotta be like, yo, they kill her in the living room. They kill him upstairs, and then they kill the other dude in the backyard. Like, fuck that. Yeah. 
vacate him in the basement or some shit. No, um, sir. Police found him in the driveway with his shoes and pants covered in blood. According to the affidavit, the suspect's being held without bail, so. Yeah, that's something I didn't get an ass with, and I'm sorry. Alright, um, well, this has been another episode of the Blackout Tips Podcast, and of course, our guests this time were, uh, Nick underscore no heart on Twitter, um, and also of Filling the Lanes Podcast, um, and Rick underscore Mav underscore Rick on, uh, Twitter. I have links to, you know, everything they do after the show in, in our show notes. Um, and thank you, of course, thanks both of you gentlemen for coming through, thank man. You. Really, I really appreciate it. Hey, thank, thank you. you for having us. No nah, doubt. Seriously, we appreciate the love shown, man. We're going to have to get y'all on our show soon and very soon. Oh, no Ooh. doubt, man. We're always open for something like that. I don't know if yeah. I have as much sports knowledge as these guys, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely willing to come and make jokes about bullshit. Yeah, we can you do bring that. The ratchet. You can bring the ratchet, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, of course, thank you guys for checking out the blackouttips.com. Don't forget you can call the show 704-557-0186. Leave us a voicemail or talk to us live on Saturday mornings. Email the show, blackouttips at gmail.com. Uh, voting the polls and shit like that. Make sure you're doing that. The show is sponsored by Shadow Dog Productions. Make sure you go to those uh, YouTube links on theblackoutists.com. Click on those. Like their videos. You know what I'm saying? Makes us look good. Leave a comment. Help them look good. You know what I mean? Later on when they're trying to actually go out there and promote their own movies. And you go, hey, look at my YouTube videos. And it's got a lot of hits and it's got comments. That shit looks good. Yes, it does. Looks like motherfuckers give a fuck. Um, but yeah, don't forget to donate and all that good shit too. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'll say that again. That is in DAT. And uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday when we do a live episode. And, uh, you know, you want to do it again Thursday, Karen? Yes, sir. Fuck it then. We'll do it again. All right, guys. Until uh, next time. Love you, you too. Mwah. All right, here we go. Third take. Got me breathing with dragons, I'll crack the egg in your basket, you bastard, I'm Marilyn Manson with madness, now just imagine the magic I like to ask is, don't ask for your favorite rapper, he dead, yes sir, amen, shucks, he dead, I killed him, amen, bitch, and this is rigor mortis and it's gorgeous when you die, I leave recorded and I'm Morpheus, the matrix in my mind, I'm out the orbit, you an orphan and a hairdresser combined, I'm on the toilet when I rhyme, if you the shit then I decline, I climax where you begin and then I end on cloud nine, and that's important when you morph into an angel in the sky, you don't be forging all my signatures, my listeners reply, you tell me that you bite style, you got a hell of an appetite, and I'm a beer for a while, just buckle up before the ride, or knuckle up if you can fight, we always making them double die, it's soon tired, suitable, unusual, or suicide, see us I just might investigate this fucking parasite. He dead. Amen. That's what they telling me. Aim it at your celebrity. This is studio felony. Ferragami to many and cool enough for the 70s. Nigga, payback's a bitch and bitch. You been living in debt with me. Dead, I'm all in especially. Leave a call on his mother voice. Mother, say that he rest in peace. Nigga, chop of the recipe. Wrestling, that's irrelevant. Rather rest at your residence. Whistling to the melody. Couldn't think of a melody. Better be on your P and Q. It's just me, J Rock, so and Q. So the system ain't barbecue. Nothing else you can do. He dead. Yep, yep. Amen. I killed him. He dead. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You got me breathing with dragons. I'll crack the egg in your basket, you bastard. I'm Belly Manson. Don't ask him your favorite rapper. He dead. Yup. Amen. I know. He dead. For sure. Amen. Amen. You got me breathing with dragons. I'll crack the egg in your basket, you bastard. I'm Belly Manson. Don't ask him your favorite rapper. I rap them and made them cast, but I captured the likes of NASA. My pedigree to fly faster. How fast are we to the pastor? We all are sinners. Once you send us the Bible study faster. Your hypocrite is reaction of blasphemy. I yourself.
gas in my casualty And it's casually done And telling my salary coming I'm so honest Don't talk to me about no money The sun is under my feet And I come in peace to compete I don't run if you have to leap My statistics go up in weeks And I go visit the nearest creek And I get busy Yo, many MC Really ballistic Anybody can see Any assistance Everybody that sees I'm persistent Recognize I be Really too vicious The permanent beast And the demolition Breaking up the street Better partition Better dot your T How to go mention How to fall you see Put in my dick in the rap industry Everybody bitching Getting mad at me